This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Finding the perfect designer isn't easy. But at Upwork, we found her. She's in Austin between a dog named Klaus and her favorite shade of green. It's actually Salem Clover. And you can find her right now on Upwork.com. When the world is your workforce, finding the perfect project manager, designer, developer, or whomever you may need tends to fall right into place. Find top-rated talent who can start today on Upwork.com. Listen to the West Ham Way podcast with Dave and X. Oi, oi! Hello and welcome to the West Ham Way podcast with myself, Dave Walker, and serial YTK blogger, XWH employee. We're back, and what a time to be back after a win against Southampton on Saturday. Not only did we get the three points we desperately needed, but we got them in emphatic style. A really positive performance to talk about tonight, with so many questions to answer. Do we stick with a 4-4-2? Has Fournells finally cemented his place in the starting lineup? Is Jarrah Bowen the new crown jewels? Have we seen the end of Lanzini and Anderson? And will we stay up? That's the biggest question. We announce a new sponsor for the show until the end of the season, as well as big news on the West Ham Way pre-match events here and overseas. X will be giving you exclusive news and views before ending the show. Questions from our collective followers on social media. That's all coming up on tonight's show. We've come back more times than a boomerang recently, um, but it's good to be back. It is good to be back. Um, it's been a while. Uh, lots of complications have led us to be off air for longer than both you and I wanted to, but uh, it is good to be back. It's good to be back. Actually, probably the worst person to sing a, a song from, um, but uh, yeah, it is, it is good to be back. Yeah, It is, it is. And we're also delighted to announce our reassociation with Pitch Sport Football, previously known as Pitch DMM, who will be 
sponsoring the show until the end of the season. These are really good guys with a really good app and it's free to download. On this app you can share your opinions with other West Ham fans, pick your starting eleven, and interact with us on fan time videos that are exclusive to pitch users and will be released on a weekly basis. So if you haven't got this app already, then go to the App Store and get it on your phone today. We'll be sharing some stats from West Ham related users shortly. Uh, X, before the Southampton game, I think we all took some comfort from the performance against Liverpool. On the back of that game, did you expect us to get three points on Saturday? Yeah, I think I did. I think that game gave us the confidence boost that we needed. You know, I, I was very critical of the team selection and performance against Manchester City. Felt we just didn't go for that game. We set back to keep the score down. Um, and then we actually went out against Liverpool with a more attacking side, even though Liverpool are the stronger team this year out of the two. And look what happened. Really, if Fabianski hadn't had a very rare off day, mm. we could have been coming away with some points there, arguably three points. Um, so to play that well against the champions elect now I know that they've been you know since then lost to Watford lost to Chelsea but no one knew that at the time we played them Mm. Um, so I think it gave us a big boost going into Southampton and I just felt with that boost would then take us into a good performance against them I don't think Southampton are particularly strong when both teams are on form we are a better team than them and um, thankfully the performance was what we wanted from them everyone played well um, everyone worked hard and we got the result that we needed yeah I mean firstly to his credit Moyes got it right didn't he, he? did yeah you can't criticise that team selection no, no spot on. absolutely not and it was quite exciting because as you rightfully say against Liverpool we had a go and that's all West Ham fans want to see we want to have a go. We want to see a formation that makes sense and the players that are picked give 110%. And that's exactly what happened. But it was so nice to see because the, there was so much fluidity in our play and so much confidence and, dare I say, enjoyment from the players that day. Everything seemed to work. But it did make sense. You know, 4-4-2 is something that the fans have been calling for for a long time now. And one hell of a partnership in Hilaire and Antonio. Yeah, I mean, it was the best that they has played since probably that Norwich game. Um right at the start of the season in my opinion and you know I've been very I guess critical of him not that like I've always maintained not that I don't think he's a good player yes I think he's always like you've said he's needed the service but I didn't think he was working hard enough regardless of service or Mm. position but actually I felt that he did in that game maybe just having that man alongside him motivated him to work harder Um, but either way I mean the goal was a bit of a, a gift in a way. I mean, he did brilliantly to get the, up that high, but terrible mm. keeping. But he's he's all round play. He brought in people like Antonio and um, Funels and other players. And I thought, yeah, he's best game for a while. Antonio is is arguably our most important player now, which yeah. has gone from a couple of years. You and I saying we should probably get rid of him. I know. To, I know. To coming back, and I thought, I thought there was very, many strong performances in that game. Now. I said it on Twitter, but Declan Rice's performance will go a bit unnoticed because mm. we won three one, and you know Alaire scored, Antonio scored, um, and so on. But his contribution was so important. He broke up so many plays, set up many of the attacks. And I just thought it was the complete midfield performance, and I think a lot of people got um, motivated by that. For now, you know, a couple of assists from him again. Well, the defence was solid. Ngakia, Ngakia, sorry, Ngakia, <laughs> however you pronounce it. Um, I think he's looked good. He's been a, a good find at right back. Um, and so, yeah, it was a really good performance. I think 
I, I we've really got to go into the Arsenal game. I would say same team and same um, same commitment and effort. And Arsenal aren't what they used to be. We could go into that game looking to get something. I'd be really disappointed if he doesn't go there and attack. Oh. So are you saying four four two is the way forward now, regardless of who we play? Yeah. Home or away? Yes, because look at the difference in performance. You know, yes, we played well against Liverpool, but I still think that is the way we should do it. We've got to pick up points. And, you know, the teams that we're playing now, Chelsea are coming up at home. They're a big team, but they're very hit and miss this season. Arsenal away, that's a big team. Tottenham away. But all of these teams are beatable. If you go for it, you mm. know, we've got Liverpool and Man City out the way now. Um, you know, Leicester are the third best team, according to the league table in the Premier League. We haven't got them. Wolves is a tough game. Mm. So it'll be interesting to see how we do against them. But we've shown we're much better when we go for games. We really are. Mm. And I think, I think either you go 4-4-2 or you do what we did against Liverpool but have attacking midfielders up there. You certainly don't do it against Man City again. Mm, you've got to have a go. Yeah. You've got to have a go because you've got a great chance of scoring goals which gets you points but it's also what the fans want to see as well. You know, we don't want to set up defensively against so-called bigger teams, sit back and then just try and play for a point. You know, it's excruciating to watch mm, mm. and to be fair, if we're coming up against these big sides... Eight times out of ten, they'll find a way to break us down anyway. Oh, exactly. Like Man City did. Well, exactly. And Man City are you know, used to teams playing defensively against them because that's what most try. That's why I was so insistent that we should attack. And also, if you look at the players we've got, yeah, you look at the defence, basically now you've got a choice of Zabaleta or Ngakia, right back, uh, centre-back, the choice is pretty much Diop Ogbonna or Balbuena or Rice if you were to drop him back and then left back you've got pretty much Cresswell because Maseraku has shown that he can't defend there whereas in midfield attacking wise mm. you know you've got Lanzini Fornells Anderson you know you've got Suchek I know he's not necessarily attacking but you've got him in there um, you've got Antonio you've got Allaire you've got a Jetty, you've got far more Bowen you've got far more options going forward so just looking at the strength of our squad it shows that you're better to attack than to defend yeah, and plus when you talk about the likes of Bowen, and, and we'll we'll speak about him in more detail in a second, and Fornells are a bit of an un, unknown entity to opposition at the moment. Yeah, yeah. So it's great because a lot of the, the players that we're going to be playing against won't have a plan in place to, to stop them yeah. because they're fresh, they're new. Exactly. Uh, another reason why I think they should have started, and credit for, to Moyes for having a go. At the pre-match events, we always announce a starting lineup ahead of time, thanks to you. Yeah. Um, without doubt, the biggest cheer when we read that lineup was for now starting. Mm. Uh, up until this point, it seemed that Moyes didn't really fancy him. What's changed? Is it the demise of Philippe Anderson or has he just changed his mind? I think because when Fernals, I mean, when Fernals has been used recently, he's had an impact. So he came on against Liverpool and scored. Mm. And then he played, so Moyes gave him the chance against Southampton. He got two assists. He was, I think Moyes decided that players like Lanzini were better than him. And credit to Fernals, he's proven that he is important. You know, I still think, and this is not a criticism of Fernals, I still think he can give a little bit more. Now, don't get me wrong, he got two assists. So it's hard to criticise someone when he get, you get two assists. I just feel there's more for him to give. And I think we'll see that over 
over future seasons. I think he's going to get better and better. The more acclimatised he is to the Premier League and the more physical he becomes, I think he's going to get better, which is a compliment because he's at a good starting point because he's contributed to many of our goals, assists and goal scoring in recent weeks. Um, however, I still believe there's more to give. And if you also forgot Yarmolenko when listing those players as well, you know, he's another attacking option we've got. So I really do think we need to go out and attack. And I think Moyes has realised... And which has taken him a bit too long, unfortunately, but that Fornells contributes more to West Ham now than Lanzini does. Mm. And I think that's the key. I'd say that's more like for like than perhaps Felipe Anderson. Well, to be fair, I think you've contributed more than Lanzini has this season, <laughs> yeah, probably, as yeah. have I. Yeah, um, yeah no, I make you absolutely right. And it's interesting on Fornells because, I, you know, I don't in any way, shape or form want to be negative about him, as I can tell you don't either. Yeah. Because when he has come on, you know, he has showed progression and improvement without mm, a doubt. Yeah. And I love the fact he is so well liked by West Ham fans. Yes. Massively supported and he is. young as well. I've got to be honest, Dix, I'm a little bit surprised just how much the fans like him mm. for what we've had in return. He looks good yeah. and he's come on and he has made a difference at times. My concern, if I'm brutally honest... Is he a little bit too lightweight for this division? You know, that's actually a concern of the clubs as well. Is like, it, is it uh, really? Yeah, if I put that out there. That's interesting. Yeah, which they, and that is why maybe Moyes didn't play him for a while because that was felt and maybe he's bulked up a bit in training or... You no, know, he's done it quick. Proven, well, yeah, but it can be that quick if you think if you're spending yeah. that extra time in training, working on your physique, maybe. Um, See, the, the other thing that working on your physique and gaining muscle can do is reduce your pace. Yeah. Now, he isn't the quickest. That's no. my other concern, especially yeah. if we're playing him on the wing. Yeah. I don't think He's he not lightning quick, is he? No, I think that's... I would say that. I don't think he should play... See, that's wing. interesting. So, where should he play, then, if you think as he should start? Either in central midfielder or as an attacking midfielder. Right. So, like... Um, because this could alter the formation of four four two if you're looking to play him as a number ten. Yeah, it could do. I mean, he's kind of it's almost like a narrow narrow four four two, isn't it? Because um, mm. Bowen was technically out there as well, and he was cutting in too. Um, but yeah, he's not an out and out winger. That's for sure. Mm. He hasn't got the pace to be an out and out no. winger. So for me, he's like an attacking midfield, like a Lanzini. I see him very similar to Lanzini. Yeah, yeah. I have to talk about the rise of Jeremy Ngakia. Yeah. Um, whenever we've spoke about fullbacks potentially breaking through at West Ham, the name that always came up was Ben Johnson. Yeah. And then almost like. And Gakia was plucked from oblivion. He yeah. almost came out of nowhere. It wasn't mm. a name that I was used to hearing about. And then I see him make his debut and I was nervous for West Ham and him mm. putting him in a game like that against the best team in the world. Yeah. And he'd done really well. Played again, did really well. Played on Saturday, did really well. Mm. I mean... What have we not heard about him before? So that's a funny story with him. It's a little bit similar to Declan Rice's story in the sense that when they were... Um, awarding scholarships to the younger players he was one of the last ones to get it and at one point the club f were going to get rid of him now he's a David Hunt recruit so you know you're going to get quality when he recruits because he's proven it time and time again however I felt that he that the club or he and our people around him were getting frustrated that the club didn't rate and Gaki and I don't think he'd really he was more he was like a right winger for, for a time and then they brought him back to be a right back and I don't want to say too much because it's obviously a personal thing but Ngakia didn't seem like he was going to be 
mentally equipped to be able to deal with the Premier League. It's probably a mm. polite way of saying it. And, you know, he had his troubles, I guess. Like, in terms of Similar story to Dean Garner, potentially, um, with his level of confidence. Different types maybe. of mental problems. But you so, can't say too much, well, obviously. I, guess, I, don't, I just don't know if it's for me to say, but Dean Garner's was more about confidence right. and believing in himself, and Gakia's was more about, I guess positional intelligence would right. be a polite way of saying right. it um, and so there was um, concerns whether he'd be able to ever deal with the kind of tactical side of the Premier League and so on this, this is what I've heard from good people in the club and people that know him but credit to the fella I mean it's like a new signing and hands oh. down now he needs to be the right back going to well, the well Fredericks ain't getting back in that Fredericks side is, is not good well even he, he, probably not injury wise anyway but even if he was fit yeah. he probably wouldn't Zabaleta's not cut out um, for the Premier League now in terms of his pace as a right back and he's retiring at the end of the season anyway so even if Zabaleta had a couple of years left I'd still like I'd still have concern but the fact that he's going to be retired at the end yeah. of the season you've got to go Vingakia whether we're in the Premier League or um, if we do heaven forbid get relegated you know he's got to be there challenging with Ben Johnson like you say mm. when he can get fit did play for the under 23s the other night but he's they're the ones you've got to be looking at now and I think the fella deserves his spot and should keep that spot until the end of the season now at least yeah I think he's been incredible I mean ironically I think his mental strength that he's shown that he's, he hasn't looked nervous when yeah, he's played for exactly. West Ham yeah. he's looked composed he's looked quick he, he he actually looks half decent going forward as well he looks strong well, that's the former right winger in him I think well I was going to say actually see I didn't know that until you said that yeah. and it's interesting because I also heard a, a quote from him saying how he's modelled himself on Antonio. Yeah. I think Antonio's been a bit of a role model for him, yeah. so that makes sense. Yeah. But yeah, good defensively as well. Yeah. I mean, you know, with Ryan Fredericks, for example, very quick, exciting with his pace. And not bad defensively, but I wouldn't say an all round completed defender. Mm. You know, he's definitely got some work to do. But with Ngaki, I'm struggling to find any flaws that he needs yeah. to work on at the moment. I mean, look, he's three games in, he's yeah. still only a kid. Yeah. Who knows what the future holds? But if he ends the season how he started, would you go looking for a fullback in the summer? No, I don't think so. Because not a right back, possibly a left back, yeah. but, um, but yeah. not a right back. Because I, I, um, I, I think this is what we have to do going forward. And thankfully, if Moyes is to be the manager next year, I believe he has the same thought process as me. But it's been proven with Gerard Bowen. Um, although, again, admittedly, he's only played one one full game. Well, not even a full game, but so he started one game. Um, but I believe we need to shift from trying to get bargains or players from South America and maybe more established players and look for these players like Bowen that have proven themselves in the English league mm. that can make the step up through the youth team, develop these players, try and get a system like... I guess Southampton maybe, or even Spurs to an extent, um, where you know they've done this um, and built because it's not worked. Where we've spent, you know, I'm not writing off Anderson and Allaire, I'm not, but we've spent a combined 95 million on those yeah. two players. Yeah. You know, if you spent 95 million elsewhere, could you get better and more contributing? Who knows? But there's a fair argument, and I just think we need to build teams around these players. Like you know, had we not given Declan Rice the chance, for example, we would not have a touching hundred million pound player now. Yeah. Um and I think you've got you've got Ngakia, you've got Declan Rice, you've got other youngsters that could make the step up and then you need to supplement that with the likes of Jared Bowen, who played brilliantly, by the way. Um 
Yeah, I think that's the way forward now. Well, let's talk about Jared Bowen because mm. he was an absolute breath of fresh air for yeah, West Ham on Saturday. He was an absolute joy to watch. And, and I can't talk about him highly enough based on that one game. Yeah. I mean, how good was he? Oh, brilliant. He, he made an instant impact, oh, didn't br- he? Brilliant, mate, because he had everything. He had ability going forward, directness, taking people on, did quite a bit of skillful moves, get round people, got into good positions. Um, and then, you know, he scored a great finish. And then a key thing was that when the ball was in the um, penalty area and they were about to have a clean shot and he got back and Incredible. got rid of it. So he's also got the defensive intelligence as well. Yeah. Apparently he's very, very popular already. The players like him. He's blended very well. And apparently in training, he's been brilliant. Like, you know, I guess if you're a, a Premier League established player and you think, oh, we signed someone from Championship Hull, mm. you're probably going to think, okay, are they going to be up to the standard and so on? But apparently he's came in and impressed really, really well. And I think, and I've said it, and I've said it on this show, you can trace it back and trace my tweets. I've said for a long time, like I did with Morrison, we should sign this player. And I'm really glad that we have, there's other players in the Championship that we should be looking at as well. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Or soon and, to be Championship if Norwich go down as well. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, I wholeheartedly agree. I mean, we've we've had a crack at signing these show ponies and the big stars and the fringe players from big clubs. Yeah. And we spoke about this on previous podcasts as well. I think, you know, I think players like that are more likely to be successful at bigger clubs yeah. purely because I think that's what keeps them hungry. Yeah. I think coming to West Ham's a paycheck for them. They can afford to stroll about and they know that worst case scenario, don't work out at the club. They're a hell of a lot richer and they can move on to probably bigger and better. Well, but with championship players, for example, or grafters from Premier League clubs, um, it's a different story because these people have character. That they're they're humble, they're grounded, they're down to earth, and they want to win. They're winners, and they've got the right mentality. And that has been the missing piece to the West Ham recruitment for quite a while now. Is the mentality of these players, not the quality, but the psychological edge 100%, that these players bring. Hundred percent, mate. And the thing is, when like Jarrod Bowen um, scored, he said something like he was talking to his dad and imagining this moment and talking through how amazing it would be. And and that's what you want to hear. The, the fella was at like who was he at he was at oh. really no before that he was at like Hereford or Murphy or someone like that someone really low I have to put it in my phone now but um, really lower down and he's weighed his way up from that to Hull bit of a Vardy um, story yeah and I think that gives you that design and what I was going to say is right West Ham uh, um, it was at Hereford yeah I was right eight games for Hereford and then that was the academy he was in and then went to Hull um so the point I was going to make is West Ham are not in the same league as Liverpool or Man City or Man United or Arsenal or whatever. So mm. we can't compete in terms of buying those sorts of players. We are in the same league as, say, your Leicester or your Wolves, your Everton, teams like that, roughly in terms 100%. of stature. Look at what Leicester have done, yeah? They've bought Madison from uh, Norwich. They've bought they got Chilwell at left back. You know, got Schmeichel from whoever really cheaply. Mm. Got that Turkish centre back that's turned out to be really, really good. Mm. Um, they've got Vardy from non-league or wherever they're not forgetting European acquisitions as well like Mares and Kante oh yeah but then they got Mares at quite a cheap price 350 grand and Kante was a cheap bargain from France Um, and then they've and they got that Chenemins who was their probably one player from abroad that was established but again he was young and had that energy and then you look at um 
you know, walls have gone more with the kind of Portuguese contingency because mm. contingents because of their manager and their owners and their agents and so on. But they've gone with players that they knew that they that, that could produce. And then you look at Sheffield United. You yeah. know, I know it's one season, so sometimes you do get a one-hit wonder in them. Um, or Burnley, you know these teams mm. have bought players that aren't superstars. Grafters, but grafters. that's what they are. Yeah, grafters. and look at Sheffield United. I would struggle to name their first eleven, and I certainly yeah. would have struggled before this year to yep. name their first eleven. They've got no star players in their team there, no. and yet they're pushing for a Champions League spot. So what you said about mentality is absolutely spot on, and I think that is got to be the shift that we go for now. And if I was to own West Ham or to be the manager of West Ham, I'd be looking for those younger players that have got a bit of fight, something to prove. Prove, you know, Bowen is the prime example of that. There's players at Brentford um, that would be a really good, that good Watkins. I know Cotty yeah. mentioned him, but there's others at Brentford that would be good as well. At Brentford that would be good. There's other players in the championship that could make the step up. There's ones in League One that could make the step up with the right mm. support and training. That's what we've got to start doing because, as I said, and you said, past strategy hasn't worked. Yeah. No, I make you right. And, uh, I mean, going back to Saturday, when you analyse the players, it's 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 easy to talk about the players that didn't play so well. I mean, yeah. because there were just so many outstanding individual performances on that day. I mean, we have to give a shout-out to Bonner as well, yeah. I thought was great. He's my was, hammer of the year. Well, I was going to say, he's mm. a contender, for sure. I mean, Antonio's got to be yeah. up there as well. Declan's got to be yeah. up there. Um, but, yeah, Bonner, you know, he's, he's had his critics at West Ham in yeah. recent times. Mm. And uh, he seems to have pulled it around. Yeah. Bonner, big player, big I'll, player. I will be voting for at the moment. If we were to vote tomorrow, I'll be voting for him for yeah. my hammer of the year because I think it's what I like as well. Is it was kind of unexpected, a little bit like Antonio as well. But Antonio's missed quite a few games for injury. Um, Declan, you kind of expect to be yeah. this good, and he's just consistent and yeah, the world most class. consistent player we've got outside of Fab for me. Declan. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, I would say arguably as consistent because mm. since Fab's been back from injury, he hasn't quite got the consistency back but yeah like I would say that for me Bonner is um is my hammer of the year I mean like I can only really think of one player that I don't think played well against Southampton well I, mean, I think we could potentially be coming to that in a second okay that's what um, I, thought. I would also like to throw Snodgrass into the mix now okay, yeah. I don't think we're going to see that much more of him this season potentially no. but what I would say is Snoddy for me a fantastic man yeah um as a player, technically he's brilliant. Yeah. His delivery of a football is incredible. Yeah. And he gives you his heart and soul. And at a time, really, this season, where we haven't seen heart and soul from a lot of those players, he was the one player, arguably with Antonio, who would would you could see that he wanted it. He was hungry and he wanted to make a difference week mm. in, week out. Mm. And to be honest, that, for me, has meant more this season than the odd quality performance from better players. Yeah. So I would like to throw Snoddy in the mix there, mm. but realistically, I think it'd go to someone else. Yeah. Um, we always have, and always will, love Mark Noble. Yeah. But I'm seeing more and more fans say that this should be his last season, playing week in, week out. Through gritted teeth, I've been saying this for a while myself. You know I have. In fact, I remember the conversation we was having pre-season, yeah. um, where I was saying that I think we should look to, to get someone in. Mm to replace Mark this season. Mm-hmm. Now, whether it's this season or next season, Mark has to be involved with West Ham somewhere mm-hmm. along the line. When he retires, he has to be involved with West Ham somewhere along the line. He has to be. But 
I don't know. I, I, I'm more and more. I'm seeing Mark through. I think his age, the fact that he's not getting any quicker, the fact that I've seen a lot of average performances from him, tells me that I'm. I'm not sure he's for us on a regular basis anymore. And I, I want to get your thoughts on that. I think we already have the replacement for him now in Suchek. Suchek, yeah. he's, he started fantastically well. I thought he started well. really, really well. You know that interesting stat where, uh, whatever game it was, Liverpool possibly, um, he covered the most amount of miles by any West Ham player in about six, seven years. And I think mm. he's got potential to be that player um, to replace Mark. And Never I, been injured in his entire career. No, no, Joins West Ham, gets injured. Typical, he's that? the West Ham way, mate. Is. Um, I... I think you're right now with Noble. I, I think Noble still has a part to play for us. I think having Noble on the bench yep. or to come in for games every now and again, you know, last nobody, twenty minutes yeah, when you want to fight, want right. to keep a lead. That's when Nobles gets a nod. Yeah, or possibly you know a cold December night in Stoke. Although we hopefully won't be paying Stoke <laughs> next year, but you know the old phrase. Um, oh, we get a penalty should, in the ninetieth minute, maybe. Yeah, exactly. So I think you need him for those sorts of things. But I agree, his performances have um, certainly not been up to the standard. I expect from him and that's understandable his age um he's probably burnt out because he played he pretty much played every game that he's been available for mm. i do think it's time i'd i like if we're in the premier league next year for it to be rice and suchek as your defensive ones and then you know someone more attacking in there like for now's possibly um and then um i think that's the way to go i think mark from what i've heard is probably accepting that he hasn't got that long left. Mark Noble's made a lot of money through property, right? Let me, mm. I'll put that out there. He's been involved with Rio Ferdinand and a few other people. They've bought a load of um, apartments in like Docklands and Stratford around about the Olympic times and, and, and has absolutely smashed it in terms of investment. He is a very, very rich person mm. plus the fact been, plus the fact he's been earning 50 60 grand a week if mm. not more consistently since he was like you know a young lad yeah. he's very well off he doesn't need to play football anymore now mm. now i think he's going to come to the decision sooner than perhaps we think about is this your opinion or is this itk news um it's a crossover it's not factual itk news um it's just a feeling i have from knowing a few things so it's not factual but it's based upon but it's a some, hunch it's a yeah based on on that you've been i'd given. imagine that we probably only got a year left i would say right this contract's not mm, i think it's up for renew in a year's time i think i'd have to check that in the break but um I'm pretty sure. And I can't see him playing for anyone else, can you? Well, no, I wouldn't think so. He's not the sort of person that's going to go and play for, like, Leighton Orient or no. whatever. He doesn't He doesn't need to do that. Um, so I would be surprised if he does play for anyone. And then, obviously, at the club, he's not going to just leave West Ham and not have um, any kind of role going forward. He's going to have... You know, you'll be like a minimum, be an ambassador, mm. you know, a maximum, probably be involved in the coaching staff and so on. His contract expires in uh, on the 30th of June, 2021. Okay. So he has a year left. Mm. So mm. Then that will take him up to, uh, he'll be 34. So, I just can't see a renewal coming mm, from the club, even if no, you wanted to stay, can no, you? No, unless it's like on a part like a reduced basis but I would mm. imagine we haven't got that much longer left and when he leaves 
he will go down as one of the top West Ham players. Despite what you think of Mark Noble, he's been playing with us since, what, 2005? Played in championships, promotions, Mm. always given his heart, always always given them everything to this club. Yeah, at times he's probably done a couple of things that weren't great in terms of his PR like you know the stuff he said on the pitch that time we're not a circus anymore come back yeah to but you can't hold that bit. against him no, no you, some people do well I'm they not, shouldn't I'm not saying I do no, but some people do they shouldn't but that was a bit he was just trying to get the side on of course he was he was trying to you know maximise on the feel good factor yeah. and keep everyone's spirits alive and what was a very difficult night and people say they shouldn't have he shouldn't have manhandled those protesters when they ran on the pitch oh, as well me. and I see it on Twitter and I don't agree with it I'm just throwing it out there but he has to be remembered as uh, as a West Ham legend, I think. Then yeah. that word is over overused, but you don't play from 2005 to say 2021 no. and not be recognised. And I mean, by the time he's finished, I I could couldn't tell you off the top of my head, but he'd have to be right up there in terms of all time appearances. Probably must be what fifth, sixth. I'm guessing. Yeah. Have a look. But oh yeah, hundred percent. He's got to be. I mean, he gets called Mister West Ham, and I think that's that's the most suitable. Uh, term for him because he's one of us he's a fan that's had the privilege of wearing the shirt and he's never ever ever taken that for granted no. ever you know he, um, listen I love TC love him to death he's a West Ham boy and and listen it's his choice and good luck to him he enjoyed a, a very very uh, successful career but he saw the opportunity to go to Everton when it came along and he went yeah. Mark I don't think it's ever ever been in question that he, he wants to leave West Ham because even if it meant playing in a division lower or taking a pay cut. His heart, first and foremost, has always been with his football club. And that is how he will be remembered, as one of our own. It's as simple as that. Have we seen the end of Lanzini and Anderson? I think we probably have in terms of a top quality player. Um, I don't think he'll, he'll get up to the standards he has shown us in the past. Um, if an offer comes in for him, I think we'll accept it. If it's within our asking range, however, will an offer come in for him now? That's the question. And I'd imagine his career at West Ham is not going to be anywhere near what it was three years ago. Yeah, I would look to move him on I would. in the yeah, summer. I would. Uh, and I would also look to move on Anderson as well. Would you? Uh, mm-hmm. My patience has worn thin with both of them now. I think... With Anderson, I don't know if it's psychological. I think we've, we've torn our air out trying to assess him this season. Yeah, yeah. Um, he's clearly got the ability, but how much patience do you give someone like that? You know, look at Ravel Morrison. Every yeah. ex-pro that's ever trained with him will tell you he's, he's probably the best player that they've ever seen on a training pitch. But it comes back to that mentality. It yeah. comes back to that psychological strength. If you don't have that with the quality, you can't be at the very best of your game. No. And and that is what you need at this level. You need consistency, especially when you're earning 150 grand a week. Yeah. You have to deliver. Mm. And he hasn't, and he doesn't, and I'm not sure he will. And he might go on to deliver the odd magical moment, maybe, one game in every seven or eight next season. But is that a decent return for 45 million and 150 grand a week? Yeah. For me, I'd cash in on both Anderson and Lanzini. They would be my two priorities to shift out the door in the summer. Part of me agrees with you and part of me wants him to almost have one more season and shift out Lanzini and Yarmolenko um, over Anderson because Yarmolenko is older 30 odd obviously you're not going to get the same amount of money well, back as you would Anderson um, but he's on high wages as well um, Lanzini I think 
it's time now. I don't think he's going to be the same player as he was. Been here, got a good five years out of him or whatever it was. Time to probably go. I think Anderson, I'd almost like to just have one more crack at it because I think he could potentially be a very, very good player. Um, but yeah, if someone came in and offered 45 million for him, we get our money back. I'd find that very hard to turn down, if I'm honest with you. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And I was expecting an offer to come in from China or someone like that. Yeah. For, but of course, I think they're they're going to be implementing a, a wage cap yeah, out there now. I don't are, know if they yeah. already have, but if they haven't, Some they intend to. Yeah. So that buggers that up. Yeah. And, and also makes me crack up at the fault that Arnie's potentially going to get a wage reduction. Doesn't affect him though, Does it not? Though, so if you're currently a on a wage, oh yeah. that's a shame. Yeah. Bloody hell. <laughs> Maybe karma doesn't exist. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I, I, I don't know. Um, I don't know what the future holds for either of those players. But for me personally, I'd look to move them on, especially alongside Jack Wilshere. I mean, yeah. what a waste of money that's yeah. turned out to yeah, be. awful. You know, the only decent thing he's done for West Ham is a couple of prank videos and, and they <laughs> went down like a shit sandwich, didn't they? So yeah, exactly. you can't even sort of credit him with that. No, I mean, £100,000 a week. Awful. And do you know, like, that was as much as, like, you know, I'm not, you know, as much as I criticise the board now, that was all Pellegrini. The board didn't want to sign him. Um, and anyone... Could have told you that this was going to happen. But how does he pass a medical? This is what I don't understand. I don't know. Mate. I don't know. It's not as if he's been a crock his entire career. Then suddenly a miracle happens and he's as fit as a butcher's dog. Turns up for the medical and then he goes back to being a crock. They, they must have highlighted some concerns yeah. in that. Well, they, they. I think it's actually he believes he's never going to be up to the same standard because his ankles are just fucked. Basically, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Thanks for telling us that now, mate. Yeah, exactly. And I think, I think. Yeah, it was a terrible signing. It was always going to happen. That's the frustrating thing. You know, and we do, we have mm. spunked a lot of money on things that are just so obvious. Carlos Sanchez, you ask any Aston Villa fan what he was like when he played for them, and they said rubbish. Yeah. And then we've gone and signed him and paying all this money for him. It's amazing. Um, it's just, it's just really bad. Some of the signings we've made, and, you know, Wilshire, on his day, five years ago, six years ago, whenever he was last good for Arsenal in England, it was about 2014, wasn't it? That sort of age, that mm. era, he was a very good oh, player. One of the best in the country. Yeah, very good player, but you were never going to get that. It's the same as Andy Carroll. Yeah. It's like when we signed Kieran Dyer. Back in the day, yeah. he was always going to get injured. You know, there's certain players, Daniel Sturridge, you know, if you sign him, he's going to get injured. Yeah. There's just certain players that you can just predict will be injured. And, and to be fair, to and that. to be fair, that's why those players are considering a move to West Ham. Exactly, because yeah. if they were fit, they wouldn't be coming to us. No, would they? Exactly, we I wouldn't mean, have signed Jack Wilshere if if he never had injury trouble. No, exactly. If Jack Wilshere was, I the care player, if he supports the club or not. No, exactly. If Jack Wilshere was the player that was good for Arsenal in England, he would not be coming to West Ham. <laughs> no, Simple. exactly. And having played for Bournemouth on loan before that. Yeah, yeah, so. yeah. No, it's true. I mean, um, talking of injuries, Andy Carroll got cut no slack by the West Ham fans. Probably because it was public knowledge that he never used to look after himself. But to a degree, like, I don't want to dig him out because obviously no, no one wants to be injured. But it's amazed me really just how much Winston Reed has escaped mm. the wrath of West Ham fans. Yeah. 
for never being available. I mean, no. I can't remember the last time he kicked a ball for it's, West Ham. I think it's like 18 months now. And actually, he's yeah. 70, 80, 90 grand a week, isn't he? Yeah, it? he's he's on about 70 grand a week. Yeah, 60 to 70 grand a week, excluding bonuses. And it's not as if his contract is up in the summer, no, is it? I think it's about three years. But Jesus. Like, I mean, this is the thing. I mean, I was going to talk about this in my section, but we might as well do it now. But he is on loan at Kansas City or whatever. He's on, they're only paying 15% of his wages. Fifteen percent. percent. So if you assume that let's just say his basic wage is sixty thousand, ten percent is uh, six thousand. Half of that's three thousand. So they're, where they're paying nine thousand towards his uh, his um, wages, and you know we're gonna have to put up with it. No one's gonna take him. Like unless the only way we're gonna get rid of him is if we give him to a club and we pay some percentage of his wages for a, a time because no club is going to pay that much money for him no. I'd be surprised if any club paid any money to sign him so even if we tried to give him away on a free transfer no one's going to pay that much money now Winston I feel sorry for because actually you know he was his second longest servant behind Mark Noble you know signed him in what 2010 yeah you know, scored the last goal at the bowling yeah you know, got us up through the playoffs was a very very good player when he was fit he was but I told you if you want to track back podcasts of years ago that his body was fucked and mm. that this was always going to happen and I and and I've been saying that for what three four years so what the club should have done is get rid of him whilst he was still featuring because this was always going to happen it was a ticking time bomb mm. and now we're there I don't know if he's played for Kansas City yet I don't even know if their season's up and running yet but either way he hasn't played for Swansea Away, I think, was his last competitive match for us. Jan- something like January, not the last season, the season before. Something like that. Wow. I mean, I said Rafa fans. I, I take that back. Frustration from yeah. fans because he doesn't deserve any shit from West Ham fans right. well, the fans love Winnie and yeah. rightfully so he, he's been part of some really special moments for West Ham and has personally delivered some really special moments for West Ham um, but I mean that's an incredible amount of time to be out it's unbelievable the thing is though, on that like, wage as well yeah the thing is though like what what do you what do you do like you know if you're Winston Reed for example no one is going to say right I'm a, I'm gonna be. I've been injured for eighteen months. So I'll just cancel my contract. Yeah, of course you're not. Yeah, of course so you're no not. No one's gonna, do, gonna that. do that. No, no one's gonna buy him. Because it's just know. one of those things. Yeah, and and with Andy Carroll going back to him, we shouldn't have given the long contract. Winston Reid. Well, that's it, we no, up. that's that's right. That's right. Um, but going back to Andy Carroll, you know, with him, it's a different story because in terms of what you can do is not go out on the piss yeah. every night of the week. Yeah, and show some commitment to get fit. And, and, you know, make the most of your career. And I don't think you could ever really say that about Andy. Whereas Winnie, you know, I don't think this is for any fault of his own. So, unfortunately, I think it's just one of those situations, isn't it? He's a very quiet, shy lad, Winston Reid. Yeah, um, yeah. You know, I've, not, I've met him a number of times now. And he's one of those players that you have to make the effort to talk to and then mm. you'll get very little back. You keep persisting, keep persisting, keep persisting. He's just very shy, mm. very shy. Um, mm. And he's not the, you know, he's not the sort of person that goes wild on a night out. Like Andy Carroll, for mm. example. So yeah, it's unfortunate what's happened to him. I don't think it's through being unprofessional. It's just unfortunate with his injuries and a lot of his problems relate to his back. And once mm. your back goes, all sorts happen because you overcompensate in other areas and stuff. So then your hamstrings go, then your knees go and mm. so on. It's what happened to Matty Everton, I think. He's back. Yeah gave way and it just affected the rest of his body exactly you're right in what you're saying yeah Yeah, and um yeah and that's just unfortunate and i think you know he's gonna 
be like this. I don't. I doubt he'll ever play for West Ham again. You know, even if he has a good season for Kansas City, he'll be back. He'll be 32 by then. You know, you got Diupa Bonner. I'd imagine that Moyes will sign another centre back in the summer if he's the manager or whoever the manager is. So he'll be further down the pecking order. Mm. And um, yeah, I mean, it's, that's it. For yeah, well, time will tell. Um, brilliant result on Saturday. Absolute breath of fresh air. God knows we needed it. And users of the Pitch Sport Football app were also very happy, as you can imagine. 100% of them predicted a win before the game and post-match collectively uh, rated the team selection at 9.3 out of 10. David Moyes, 9.2 out of 10. And an interesting one, 9.3 out of 10 for atmosphere in a stadium that is so widely criticised. Uh, 92% of the users gave Jared Bowen the man of the match, rightfully so in my opinion. Uh, so make sure you download that app. And like I say, there's, uh, there's interaction with fellow West Ham fans and lots of really cool features there. And more from those guys next week. Where do you currently stand on our Premiership survival chances at the moment? Because um, cause I don't think, from memory, you've said the words, I think we're going to go down. No. Whereas I have. Yeah. After the Brighton game, when we threw away that 3-1 lead, mm. that was a defining moment for me when I said, we're gone. Yeah. That's, that's us finished. Um, I think we will just stay up. Um, because... The performance against Southampton was that quality that the players that just need to be told and reminded that you can play like that. You can perform like that if you play with heart desire and on your game. We've got Norwich away. Yeah, they'll be fighting for their lives, mm. but we should be better than them. Aston Villa at home. Mm. We've got um, Burnley at home, I think, um, which they won't have much to play for at that point. I think even Tottenham, Arsenal and Chelsea are something we could get results out of. Um, Wolves, I think, is our hardest game left, if I'm not forgetting an obvious one. Um, and I just think we've got enough games there to pick up results now. Man United as well. Uh, uh, Man United, yeah. And again, that's not as hard as it used to be. No. Um, and so, uh, I think Bournemouth are, are struggling. I think Brighton are struggling. Mm. I think... Watford have obviously beaten Liverpool, so I'm not so sure on them. Norwich obviously got a win. The I wouldn't be surprised if the relegation situation has two teams that aren't in it necessarily now. Mm. Like you yeah, could, like yeah. Something like Newcastle haven't scored a goal for a long time. You know they maybe got a bit complacent that they'd survived and are now. Probably yeah, not. I think that's a fair share. So I think I think we'll just stay up. I think we've got enough to stay up now. Alain needs to take confidence from his performance at the mm. weekend. He scored a goal. Hopefully he'll start to kick in a, a bit now. Um, Suchet will be back soon. Um, we've got options. The only player once Suchek's back, really, that would have, probably get in the team or have a contention to be is Frederick. So then you've got a full-strength team. Obviously someone will get injured in that time, I'm sure. But... I think I think we've just got enough. Just. Yeah, I mean, I said this on Twitter and I'll say it again. And I know it sounds harsh, but if David Moyes can't keep this team in the division, he should never manage again. Yeah, yeah. in his life, because this should be an easy job. That's his one objective this season is to keep us in that division. And with that group of players, yes, we've given a. <laughs> We're giving ourselves a bit of a struggle now because we've only got 10 games left and, and all of them are difficult, really, because yeah. this is the Premier League. Mm -hmm. But to be in this position is farcical, really, and you can point fingers at who's to blame and pretty much I blame everyone. I blame the board, I blame the players, I blame the managers. 
but we've got to get ourselves out of this. Do I believe that we will after saying that I didn't think we will? I'm not one to typically change my mind on the back of one game. So Stubborn I'm f- bastard. Well, I, listen, I, I don't want to be a negative Nancy, yeah. but I am leaning towards sticking to my guns and saying Ooh. I'm not sure it's going to be enough this oh, season. And, and a little bit later on, because I believe it's one of the questions, we'll go through the fixtures we've got left and then we'll compare how many points we believe West Ham are going to get. Now, I've already kind of preempted this and already had a look. And, uh, and I'm not sure what I believe we're going to be left with is going to be enough. Okay. Of course, the other problem that we've got as well is, I don't think anyone's dead and buried. No, you know, I wrote uh, Norwich off. Yeah. They go and beat the best team in the world 3-0. Norwich have got a very underestimated home support. Yeah, yeah. Know, like, well, I that's what worries me about when we go there. Yeah, yeah that's, I mean, that's not a given. No, people really do think Norwich is like... Uh, and I'm a bit biased because I've got a bit of a connection to Norwich, but like... They're a bit by. They think, oh, it's out of farm farmers, you know. And they yeah. don't. Uh, they don't. Uh, they're not passionate, and they're fr- yeah. They're more like a more like a friendly club, but their fans get behind them when they're in League One. Not long ago, they got twenty eight thousand at their home games. They they have a yeah. passionate home base, which I think that don't turn negative very quickly either. So I think they're going to be quite crucial to Norwich. Um, I agree. I think Watford have obviously shown that they've still got fight in yeah. them. Aston Villa. Have, have played well against uh, Man City at the weekend, didn't they? Um, so it is. It's not. It's not clear cut. Uh, that, that's for sure. No, it's a bit of a roulette at the moment. Yeah. Uh, before the game on Saturday, there was another protest organised by Hammers United. This time, with around ten thousand fans attending, I'm told that number was given to Bill Gardner, apparently by a copper who was part of a team counting attendees. I'm told that there can't be a protest at every home game because of the amount of organisation this takes. But the next one will be announced shortly. What do you make of these protests? And ultimately, what do you think they will achieve, if anything at all? It's a very good question. I think the protests have been handled very well by the organisers. Oh, they, they have. I think it's been very, very professional. I think there's been none of this infighting that happened the no. last time. None of this money making schemes yep, um since so. the last one. It's just been all about the protest and all about um all about getting action for the club. And I think the fact that all the papers and the press even match the day talks about it um shows that they've handled it the right way because professional and national organisations are prepared to talk about it. So I think they've done very, very well. Oh, how mm. they've done it has been mm. very, very professional. As I said, there was no trouble at the protest on uh Saturday. So I'd like to give a big credit to the organisers and the people that have done it. I think you've done a great job. Um whether I think it will have the impact is questionable because I think the board are so stubborn and set in their ways and they will listen to what they want to listen to. It may mean that they open channels to speak to these people that have organised the protest and that they may get more dialogue and some of the things might improve. But whether it will get the board out, which is the GSB out slogan, I'm not entirely convinced. Yeah, and it's... It's such a difficult one because, you know, I, I back these protests. I fully support them, yeah. and and I and I mirror every word you've just said. So credit to the organisers. The problem is, I think the only way you're really going to impact the board is either hitting them financially, yeah. which means no one renews their season tickets, no one buys tickets, no one's ever going to do that. So whilst that would be maybe an obvious answer, it's um. 
it's not realistic. The other option is to walk out of a game. So you go to your game, you go in the stadium, 10 minutes into the game, everyone walks out. Not only is that not realistic, but it's not productive because then you're not supporting the players. Mm. So it seems like every kind of potentially obvious answer is a catch-22. Looking so far at these protests, as much as I've supported them, I have always thought to myself, because I haven't been to one yet, I've, you know, both yeah. me and you have, 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 uh, have helped promote it. We've also put our event back an hour on Saturday so that people could attend it. Yeah. You know, we fully back it. So I've not been to one yet, but from an outsider's perspective, looking in, all I see is 5,000, 10,000 standing on a bank listening to someone on a megaphone. Now, I don't mean to disrespect when I say that, but I'm trying to put eyes on it like the rest of the world would see it in the media, for example. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm thinking, how much damage can that do? And I'm thinking, probably not a hell of a lot. Having said that, it started off at three, four, five thousand. Yeah, We've now point. got 10,000. The next one might have 15,000. Mm-hmm. The next one after that might have 20,000. And you just don't know. I mean, at what point do the board really start taking notice of this? Because those guys might just be standing on the bank listening to a megaphone. But when those numbers multiply and they multiply and they multiply and it gets even more appealing to news channels and newspapers that are broadcasting this, you know, at some point the board are going to feel more and more and more uncomfortable with this maybe, just maybe to a point where they where they do think, do you know what, fuck this, I can't take this anymore. It's too much for my health physically and mentally. I think the time's come to move on. Yeah, the, the thing for me is that they have, the, the, they've got their children in succession. That's the thing that worries me a bit about that. I mean, David Gold did say that when, a few years ago, when he thought the majority of the fans were against him, he would leave and mm. they clearly are getting that way now. I mean, two observations I've got about the protest is that first of all, the club or the media, wrong, like ex-players especially, wrongly seem to think it's going to affect the players on the pitch. I think the Southampton game was the most positive, yeah. United, the fan base has been in a long while but these and are I media think, outlets that are in the board's pockets as far well, as I'm yeah, concerned yeah it's true but I think they've also underplayed a lot of these channels as well underplayed how many people were there on Saturday yeah, yeah. deliberately yeah and also if there is a buyer out there that wants to buy West Ham you need to make your name clear now because at the moment it's almost like we're protesting to get the board out but then what there's nothing yeah. there to, to replace them at the moment. So the board are not going to go unless someone makes a bid for the club. Yeah. You know, they can't sack themselves off. They own the club. Yeah. So someone has got to make a bid for this club. So if there is someone out there that wants to buy West Ham, and surely there's got to be people, because we've said countless amounts of time on this podcast that we feel that West Ham should be appealing to anyone, whether you're a West Ham fan or not, if you're looking to buy a football club then you've got to make your name known. Now, now you've got to say, I will buy West Ham, I will buy mm. West Ham for £400 million or whatever, I will put this amount of money in, I want to buy the club, and that will intensify the pressure because then West Ham fans and everyone can say, well, look, they fans want you out, there's your alternative, sell up, get out, get them in. But at the moment, no one's really said anything and no. they've got to come forward. I and think, that surprises me. Listen, I've said this a thousand times in this podcast. I can't believe that there aren't investors queuing up to buy West Ham. And I'm not going to go through the reasons why, because every fan knows why, and I've said it a thousand times on this podcast again. But I I just honestly think we're so appealing. On the flip side, obviously, the board haven't come out publicly and said, right, the club is for sale. I actually think that they'd be doing themselves a favour 
if they came out and said, right, listen, this is this is all getting a bit on top now. We are going to put the club up for sale. And when the right offer comes in, we'll move on. Yeah. Even if it weren't true. Yeah. Well, if I was them, I'd be looking at those protests and I'd be saying, I've got to stop this. Yeah. I've got to stop this somehow. And And I would... I think I'd publicly put the club up for sale. Do you trust the board to sell to the right person? Because uh, the reason I say this is, first of all, if you look what happened with Birmingham City, on paper, it looked like they'd sold to this, what was he, Hong Kong or something, millionaire, yeah, billionaire. Yeah, Carson Young, and he yeah, something like ended that. up being side, didn't he? With fraud well, that's or something it, like yeah. That. And then they end up being a championship side ever since. And then the board now can say, well, look, you wanted us out. Look, Birmingham, no way better than what they were they're a lot worse off when yeah. we're there would the board out of spite and I'm just throwing it out there sell to the wrong person as well well based on their history and their form you'd say that there's every chance they will sell to the wrong person to mm. prove a point if they've got the love for West Ham that they claim to have then they would sell with their hearts over their head and not do that to us but who knows the answer is I don't know no, and this is why West Ham fans, again, need to know who we're selling to. You know, if, yeah. if it was that it is Red Bull or it's some Arab person or, um, I don't know, a big company, say, then we need to know who those people are and we need to know exactly what the option is. We don't want some random person mm. that no one's really heard of you know even like if you look at the Icelandics on paper that looked really good and I guess you couldn't have anticipated that the financial banks were going to collapse like they did and yeah. so on but look what happened there yeah. you know you, 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 we just have to make sure you know even clubs like Sunderland were bought by rich Americans weren't they at one point I think um, other clubs like that have been bought by big investors from abroad that have ended up then not spending the money on the, and then wanting out we need to just get the right people to buy the club now we really mm. do and I, I think I don't think the board have necessarily the assets to give us the money that we need yes they could sell their properties and various things to have the money i don't think they have the liquid cash that is the mm. needed at west ham so they have the option of either selling up the club because they can't take it any further or selling assets and reinvesting that in west ham mm. and i don't know whether they will or not well one thing that i don't think has been discussed or considered when you talk about when the day comes and they're not here anymore, so they've passed away, say. David Gold has passed away, David Sullivan's passed away. In that scenario, um, their respective children inherit the club. One thing that I don't really think has been covered is, do the kids want that club? I think I think Jack would, wouldn't he? I'd imagine that's why he's taken the ladies' team, to build up his knowledge of that. And I think when we had David Gold on, didn't Vanessa Gold say that her and... Is it Jackie or which Yeah, but a lot's changed. On, like, a lot's changed since then. I mean, things are getting worse and worse and worse and worse to a point where it is becoming very close to being untenable for them. You know, are they? Are they? But gonna... is it for the children though? I know they're related to the owners, but is it untenable for them, or is it untenable just for oh, David no, Sullivan no. and Oh no, David it's, Gold? it's purely untenable for Sullivan and Gold. Yeah. My point is. Those respective kids from those respective families, I call them kids, the, the children of, yeah. of uh, Golden Sullivan, they're going to be looking at that and are they going to be thinking, I can't have that pressure. If I if I don't succeed at West Ham, I can't live with that pressure like my dad did. Yeah. Are they going to think to themselves, I'm not my dad. Yeah. I can't I can't run West Ham United. 
and I don't want to take that gamble. I think they'll feel like they can. I think Jack will feel like he can run. West I'm Ham. not so sure. You know, maybe maybe with Jack, possibly. I don't. I don't know. think David Sullivan Jr. is as interested. No, um, no. I'd say that Jack is from doing the ladies stuff and I think and maybe he'd be different to his dad you never know like his dad is very obsessed with the inheritance <laughs> they're not going to be hard off are they but obsessed no, with the inheritance of, of the boys and I think yeah. I think maybe Jack wouldn't be as obsessed and he knows the stick his dad got and his dad and Jack's Young, you know, he's what twenty is he or mm. something? So he might be what the club needs. He just new ideas because you know David Gold and David Southern have been in this a long time. They're dated almost. You can't judge someone against your dad. You know, I'm very different to my dad. Yeah. Um, I think they'd, I think they'd want to try it. Whether that's a good thing or not, I don't know. But, you, you, um, the thing is, you can't. I don't think you can. You can say you can't judge someone because of their dad in this particular scenario because as a West Ham fan in the Premier League where you're still chasing the success and the glory and the promise of what was um, given to us when we left Upton Park to then be in the hands of a 20-year-old and the owners of Ann Summers. I mean, you say you can't judge them because of who their parents are but you can judge what you believe their credentials to be. And I, for one, wouldn't be comfortable with this club tomorrow being owned by a 20-year-old and the owners of Ann Summers. And going back to whether they, they would want to, if you look at David Gold's children, I mean, is it right? I think, I'm pretty sure I've got this right. They are wealthier than David Gold. Yeah, Jackie is. Because yeah. of Ann Summers. Yeah. So why would she want to take West Ham on with all that pressure? Well, if you when believe, she's already cracked it. If you believe the stories, her dad grew up for a throw a throw from the stadium. And yeah, but blah, 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 once blah. upon a time that meant something. Mm. But then she is seeing her dad move on from that romantic story of taking a club over to seeing him gradually becoming ill from being in charge of West Ham yeah. and seeing shit on Twitter about him left, right and centre, seeing him getting booed, seeing protest arranged against him and seeing him probably in his own way maybe even fall out of West Ham, uh, out of love with West Ham himself. Yeah. Is your daughter going to want to take the bat on from that? I mean, if David Gold had taken his club to Champions League and everyone loved him and he was a celebrity, maybe you'd want a piece of that. Mm. I can't see how, how or why they would want to take that on. Yeah. I would imagine that they would sell their shares. And Jack, at 20 years of age, that is a hell of a lot of responsibility to take on. Yeah, well, Would I mean, he want that? Well, it might not even be right now, might not. It might be when he's 25, but like, still, it's still yeah, young. Sorry, yeah, yeah I, I'm, I'm taking the scenario if it happened tomorrow. Yeah, I mean... But, but he, X, even if it is 25 or 30, yes, he might have had some experience managing the, the, the ladies and he might have learnt from his dad. But, you know, 25 and 30 is a young age to go in at a League Two side. This is Premier League football with a global brand that you're going to be looking at. I know, after. and I agree with you, and I do entirely agree with you, but what what credentials do the owners of Man City have before they took on football? What credentials do Roman Abramovich have? Apparently didn't even like football when he bought Chelsea. Um, what credentials do the Americans that own Liverpool, whoever owns them well, now, or Arsenal? M- my answer to that would be, and I'm and I'm guessing here because you might be absolutely right. Maybe it just purely comes down to having a pound note. But my guess is it comes down to a point in the right directors beneath. Well, you. it's the strategy. Yeah, it's the strategy. And and most of these people are massively successful and financially wealthy because 
they're meticulous with their business plans in their respective industries that they've made that money. Kind okay, of. you're talking about the Arabs, they fell into oil, fair so enough. So did Abramovitz. Yeah, 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 okay. So you've got two two cases there, fair mm. shout. But there will be owners of football clubs that have been very, very intelligent with their own recruitment of key personnel coming in to act as part of that strategy to take that club forward. Now, I don't believe West Ham have a strategy. No, and, the key, and this is where the problem is with the current board, is that they have this arrogance that they know better than anyone because David Sullivan mm. made money from porn and property yeah. and David Gold made money from vibrators and Lycra or whatever it is. Mm. Never been to Anne Summers, <laughs> believe it or not, so I don't quite know what's in there. And my wife isn't that, my wife's not that adventurous. Mate, I'd be lucky to get a kiss. <laughs> Hello, no. Anything that they sell in there. Um, but... Um, uh, yeah, so I I don't um I don't really know what sort of their business credentials are, but and, and but they have they have this arrogance that they know best. What they need to do is they need to appoint people beneath them, not Karen Brady, who they've had for years working alongside them, young people that they listen to and that actually have an influence on the club. You know, mm. someone like I know it's not worked out for Manchester United, but he's the only one I can think of at the top of my head. But they appointed Ed Woodward, didn't they? Yeah. Now I know that's not the fans hate him. So it's yeah. definitely not the best example, but they appointed someone that they'd not mm. worked with before that that was made his name in whatever business he'd made his name in, and they tried to trust him to run with the strategy. That is what if Jack inherits the club or whatever, that is what he needs to do. He needs to be the owner, but appoint the right people underneath 100%. him and step back, and yeah. then and maybe he will. Maybe yeah. I'm being harsh. Maybe it'd be the best thing that ever. Well, happens. I'm not sitting here saying and Jack be Sullivan. Yeah, well, I'm not sitting. Here, don't get me wrong, saying Jack Sullivan should own myself of course I'd rather Red Bull or if they don't change our name and various other people came in but the key thing is to not just I mean look at the transfers David Sullivan appointed Husinios and yeah he has he been a disaster he's not been good I think if you go judge his track record um, and he's gone back to being the guy in charge of transfers again by going through the same agents every time like yeah. that's just arrogance really yeah, to assume is. you are the best at and buying it's players well. yeah you need to have a, a network of high quality scouts that know football players like mm. get your Dave Hunts back involved get your people that have proven it at other clubs like the Leicester guy get him get the Tottenham whoever someone of mm. that ilk Sheffield United I don't know but people out there to form your recruitment team and ultimately where we've gone wrong is recruitment because we've relied too heavily on agency agents we've relied too much on David Sullivan thinking knows what he knows what he's doing you know you gotta you gotta get the right players and the right team around them. Husilios was brought in still with transfers, but he didn't have a great track record at Malaga. They shouldn't have allowed Pellegrini to allow him to be the recruitment person. Then they shouldn't have been the sole recruiter. The other recruiters were one Pellegrini, who was Pellegrini's son, and it needs to be people that have got a reputation in the game and that's where I think ultimately the board have well obviously they've failed on the stadium and they've failed on their PR and things like that but on terms of the pitch mm. they've not recruited the right people to buy players and therefore they've not recruited the right players to go forward yeah no I think that's fair uh, we've got Arsenal away on Saturday. We're both going. Uh, can we use that win against Southampton to get a result with the Emirates? Yes I think so. Do you think we'll get one? Uh, yes. What's your prediction? A draw. 
one all. Snap. Okay. Oh, Snap. Yeah. I was torn between one all and two all. I think it'll be a score draw, yeah. but I think both defences can be exposed. Arsenal have had cracks in their defence for God knows how many years now, and they are dangerous on the attack. So um, I think it'll be an interesting game. Uh, it certainly won't be an easy game. There's no given there. Um, yeah. But I'm going to say that, that we'll get a point, and I'll take that. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think I would definitely a point against Arsenal be good. Going to the Wolves game, I'd like a win. But probably take a point from that as well. And then, mm. and then we've got to start picking up some results. I think, I think Tottenham are beatable. At Tottenham, mm. I think, but a draw, I'd take again. And then hopefully beat Chelsea. I think we can pick up enough points over the season. Mm. But well, it's in our hands, isn't it? Yeah. If we, it's in our hands. If we go down this season, we've only got ourselves to blame. It's yeah. as simple as that. Yeah. But please God, we won't. Uh, more performances like Saturday and we definitely won't. Okay, so now on to some very exciting news in relation to the West Ham Way pre-match events. We have some cracking events lined up in Leytonstone to tell you about. But before we do, I'm delighted to confirm that following the success of the West Ham Way in Las Vegas last year, we are coming back to the US this year for an event in Los Angeles. This is going to take place on the opening game of the season in August, and we're very, very excited. A month before we return to the US, we're going to be taking the West Ham Way to Brisbane, Australia after the club announced a pre-season tournament down under in July. Um, we'll be doing an event, a pre-match event for the game against Crystal Palace. Uh, and we'll also be recording a podcast the day after both events in front of a live, a live audience like we did in Vegas last year. So we cannot wait to come to those countries and share our mutual love for West Ham with you guys. And we hope, regardless of where you are in the world, that you can join us because it's going to be the bollocks. Uh, information and tickets for the event in Los Angeles can be found at www.westhamwayusa.com. As for the one in Brisbane, tickets and information will be available shortly. In terms of upcoming events in Leytonstone, on the 15th of March, our special guest for the live interactive Q&A will be Mighty Marlon Harewood. This will be before the Wolves game, which is a 2 o'clock kickoff. so the event will be from 10am to 1pm. That is going to be superb as well. Then, on the evening of Thursday, the 9th of April, we are delighted to announce an evening with Sir Trevor Brookin. This event is from 8pm to 11pm, and as always, will be at O'Neill's in Leytonstone. The ticket link for all UK events can be found at www.thewestandway.co.uk, the West Way app, our pinned tweets on Twitter, and our Facebook page. X, it's fair to say we've got a lot to look forward to. Mate, just sitting here listening to you, I'm kind of like almost not believing it, (laughs) even though I know it is happening because it's just absolutely amazing. I mean, gosh, if you'd said to me, I don't know, five years ago when we were, or four years ago when we were hatching the podcast and the events yeah. and stuff, that we'd be doing things like this. I just never would have believed you. I mean, <laughs> Marlon Harewood, he, um, he's a fantastic guest, an absolutely hilarious figure from a great time in our history. Um, so that's going to be brilliant. Trevor Brookin, I don't need to talk about that. You know, everyone knows what you're getting there. Yeah. Interestingly, we've done that without drinks, but, uh, but, so, but mm. a cheaper ticket. So it'd be interesting to see if that change people's opinions but Trevor Brookin one's getting close to selling out anyway um and then to go to LA an amazing city which I've been to um mm. before uh absolutely 
amazing it'd be great to see john black again and see um a lot of the friends that we made out there last year to be back there maybe even get a cheeky couple of nights in vegas if we uh definitely if we sort this out properly 100%. and uh and then man brisbane i mean i've still got to negotiate a bit of time off work first for this but that so there's a little bit of a small print but um if they stop me going then well, not for getting a negotiation with a wife as well. Oh, yeah, that yeah, man, that, well, we were going to go to Ibiza, so I'll sack off Ibiza for Brisbane. <laughs> That's my negotiation, but uh, yeah. it's it's um it's um it's phenomenal. Uh, like amazing. Can't wait to meet all these people. Like see Australian hammers. We've got a good following in Australia for yeah. the podcast, so it'd be great to meet the people out there and. Happy, 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 happy days. I, I, I cannot wait. It Again. makes all the last few weeks of um, rubbish worthwhile. Yeah, it does. It does. And like you said, you know, when you think back to when we had that first pint together in Queens, yeah. and then if you'd have showed us the future, you'd just laugh, wouldn't you? unbelievable. Yeah, especially as I thought you were a twat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I walked out and said to him, mate, I'm never meeting that fucking tosser again. <laughs> that, that, yeah, he does surprise you, Adam, mate. Yeah. mate <laughs> like, I, I've yeah. just noticed that, I've got, I'm, I'm on the bed with a laptop on my lap, and I've just got to extend my legs and kick your leg. You're making yourself at home, and yeah, he's sitting on my chair, extending his legs on the bed, taking up all the fucking room. Mate, yeah? We're mate, practically topping and tailing well, now. Mate, listen, I've seen how <laughs> casual you take this podcast. Why do I have to be the formal one? You know, And, you know, I, I think that if you look percentage wise I've probably got a, f- a fifth of the bed here compared to your uh, four fifths so I think yeah yeah like, I mean that, that is a that is a fair share yeah. yeah. one of the things I'm looking forward to most about um, our plans is sharing a bed with me <laughs> no the opposite <laughs> okay. is having different rooms yeah well because be that's a must oh I don't know yeah I think I, like from a personal and a, uh, a mental well-being level then yes it is a definite must but whether we can afford that I don't know well this is the thing I mean ideally you know John if you're listening you promised us single rooms in America last time <laughs> yeah I'm you, a witness to that John and, and you failed to deliver and then I had to and I had <laughs> To put, that you delivered on everything else but I had to put up with him attacking Tottenham fans at all hours getting me in trouble on Twitter as a result of that coming in at 7 in the morning me waking up and then him telling me off for waking up and telling me I was like as bad as his wife who has just walked in and can probably hear this um, so I had to put up with all of that and he's snoring and he's farting and well, everything else I'll tell you um, something else you had to put up with as well and I will tell the story um, in the past, people have listened to this podcast and they might have heard the phrase Code Red. <laughs> Are you actually going to reveal what that yeah, is? Yeah, I'm going to tell oh, it. Oh, go on. I'm going to go tell on. it because it is funny. Wow. And, um, you know, some people in the past have, have tweeted us, haven't they? And even yeah. asked us, what what is yeah. what do you mean by Code this Red? Is, this is a massive exclusive. Well, because it... it we could it, do this in my section. It, you know? <laughs> <laughs> it has become a private joke between yeah, us. Yeah. The amount of times we've said it, you know, yeah. Code Red, Code Red yeah. in, in various scenarios. Yeah. And I will tell the story. I can't believe you're doing this. Well, it, mate, right, listen, it's a funny story. Story, yeah, isn't it? No. Um, right, so me and X went to Ibiza, and uh, let's just say, you know, sometimes when you go away like that with your mate or your mates, you you, you can enjoy yourself a bit too much, <laughs> and it can play havoc with your guts. <laughs> now, we rented uh, a one-bedroom apartment in Playa del Bossa, yeah, didn't we? Nice, nice and it was a nice yeah, place, yeah. And, and being the mate that I am, I let you have the bedroom, yeah. and I crashed on the sofa, because yeah. I'm not too proud. No, that's fair. So that's we've fair. been out the night before. And uh, I'd got up, sat up, and just flicked on the telly. I hadn't heard from you at this point, and I think I was watching Real Madrid TV. Yeah. 
And all of a sudden, I felt this rumble in my guts. And uh, I thought, God, blimey, that doesn't sound right. Because it wasn't a hunger rumble, you know? It, it, I wasn't familiar with it. And I thought, well, I better go to the toilet. So I got up, and instantly, when I've got up, my stomach became 10 times worse. I, I can't describe it. It was the strangest thing. And I thought, I've got to get to the toilet. I'm banging trouble here. <laughs> so like a penguin, double quick, I've tried to get to the toilet door, open the door with what I thought was seconds to spare, and the door's locked because you're in it. <laughs> so there I am banging on the door, right? And an ex has said, what's the matter? I said, mate, I need that toilet. <laughs> He said, well, I'm on the toilet. I said, mate, you've got to get off the toilet. I said, I'm right up against it here. And he said, well, I'm halfway doing what I've come here to do. I said, mate, you need to get off the fucking toilet. With that, I have shit myself. <laughs> Great storytelling. And, and not only have I shit myself, I've shit all over the apartment floor. And you had to see it to believe it. I it mean, you horrific. witnessed it. It looked like a fucking shitty murder scene, it, it didn't was it? was horrific. I mean, it, it looked like I drained a radiator in there. Oh, it was disgusting. And the smell was <laughs> absolutely out of this world. Like, not in a good way either. <laughs> it was just awful. I just remember, after I'd done it, and I said, listen, I need that fucking toilet. <laughs> and I'd shit myself. Oh fucking hell, I'm getting flashbacks now. And I'd shit myself. There was just this few seconds of silence where you was you'd wondered what had happened. And you shouted out and I remember you saying, What's going on? And I said, I've just shit myself. A part, a, part, a part of me just thought it was going to be, you know, a little, a little plop. But bloody hell, Jesus! It's like it opened up the sewers canal and it just came bloody out. I'd see you had to see it to believe it. And uh, it, as soon as he's opened the door, the fucking aircon is circulating the stench of that shit, and you just started gagging, didn't you? Over and over again, it was repulsive. And then you took your because they were weren't they black like black little shorts? They were blue Adidas. Shorts. Blue Adidas. I mean, they yeah. were fucked, mate. They yeah. were written off. They were putting put in the bin. Well, no, they, they were put in a plastic bag, and then we had to walk down to play a temporary and put them in the bin, didn't they? I said that got rid of a few looky looky men in the area. Well, that's for sure. And then you said that if anyone came and knocked for us, because occasionally yeah. on those uh, holidays people would <laughs> to sell you tickets and stuff, you were going to throw me right under the bloody bus. Nothing to do I was, with me. I was in my mind. I was thinking if that happens, I'm going to open the door and say, "Look, my mate's got a bit of a dicky belly. Can you give us ten minutes?" The thing um, you didn't mention why it was called Code Red after all that but the, the, re- the reason it was the reason it was called Code Red is because when Dave was trying to negotiate for me to come out of the toilet he said mate mate I need the toilet I've got a bit of a Code Red yes. situation going on yes. here and so I didn't have a clue what a Code Red situation <laughs> consisted of but obviously now I f- really do understand what a, a Code Red situation yeah. is basically that, equals an emergency it, where yeah. I require immediate help yeah and to be fair I don't care what I am doing when there's the next Code Red situation. I'm getting the hell out of that bathroom, regardless of what state I am in. And I am letting you in there, seriously. Oh, my Because, my word, did I pay for that? Oh. I don't think... I think I was mentally... I think I still am mentally scared. I think even I was, and, yeah. and it was my shit. I mean, well, the, the clean-up mission was grim. Oh, was I mean, awful. if you was a real mate, you'd have helped me clean it I'm up. I'm not cleaning up your but shit. he didn't. That was all on me. Well, then let's take this back a year. Okay, let's take this back, right? So the year 
before that in Ibiza. Like I, I'm, I've been a bit of an Ibiza regular for I think it's what the sixth time I've been now with you. But the year before that was my fifth time, and I hadn't been for about ten years. So yeah. I was like blind like a kid in a sweet shot i was like i'm the boys back in town yeah so i was like bowling around we had all inclusive we had the right shit i was at a hotel but all inclusive yeah i'm like bang you've I'm got a get- reputation for picking shit oh, old oh yeah that was actually an ex- um an exception to the rule that place in i beef we yeah. stayed because that was really nice obviously yeah. in- until i shit all over the place <laughs> but other than that your your choice of hotels is historically yeah. fucking woeful well basically the choice is what's the cheapest <laughs> yeah, 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 basically, that's yeah. kind of like the, the <laughs> problem here but yeah. um yeah so like I um I went to um yeah so we went out and I was like I was thinking I'm the boy so we've been drinking all inclusive in the sun I thought like, oh, the boy is back you know you put on Heartless Crew I think yeah, and yeah. I was like I knew, yeah. and I used to listen to that when I was a kid I know what you're gonna yeah, say and now. I'm like yeah this is the bollocks you know I'm loving this I'm on the balcony smoking I don't smoke like, bag I, in his life. well I have when I was about eighteen but yeah. not for about twenty years so I'm standing there smoking away puffing waving to everyone else yeah. on the balcony it's fucking the, turn into Wolf of Wall Street. Well, exactly. We chatted up the girls next door briefly, like yeah. although they soon realised we were fat old men, yeah. and, that, and that, that ended quite quickly. And then, uh, and then we just basically like went out on the town, downed a load of whatever we had in Ibiza. Yeah. And I came back and I said to you, mate, I think I need some food or something to try and sort myself out here. And being the mate that you are, you said no. And so, uh, <laughs> so, we, so we went back to the hotel, and I was like this is not good. I am not in a good way here. So I tried to frantically find my toothbrush, clean my teeth, get into bed and try and ride the storm out. Um, Whilst trying to get my toothbrush out, I picked up my razor, which I hadn't put my cap on, sliced a massive chunk out of my finger. I've never seen anything like it to this day. I've never seen so much blood from such a little cut. It was horrific, like literally blood squirting, wasn't it? And Everywhere. he's not exaggerating, no, by it was the way. Going, and I was this like, was outrageous. And I was like, oh my God. So then, probably because of the fear of the blood, maybe, and the alcohol, I start puking <laughs> everywhere. So I'm literally decimating the, to the bathroom. This is an awful show for people to listen to. I hope you're not having dinner at the time you listen to this. Uh, so like, it decimated the bathroom. And then uh, literally, blood everywhere. I came out, I thought, I muttered to you, am I going to die, mate? And then... <laughs> Then, then got into bed, and then I oh, the basically the holiday yeah. was pretty. It was much, a write off, wasn't you? mate? It was. I couldn't drink yeah. it for days no, after. You were banging trouble. It was horrific. Basically, spent most of your time just cocooned in your duvet. Yeah, really up against it. I, I mean, mate, I felt like I was, I was really gonna worried die. about you. At one mate, point. I felt seriously horrendous yeah. Like, yeah. like literally like oh my gosh can I make it through this holiday yeah. um, and when it's home when the hotel's awful then the cleaners refuse to clean up after yeah I'm us. not surprised either yeah, so we had to stay in there no air conditioning from memory yeah oh, it, was, no, it was an awful it was hotel. awful and yeah, yeah. And look it up it's called the Pisces Hotel I think yeah. it was in San Antonio yeah. wasn't it? but I think it's uh, affectionately known as Pikey's yeah. Hotel and there's some guy on YouTube if you search it yes. jumping from the top of it into the swimming <laughs> Pool, and then there was that old man who was like in his 80s that wore basically a thong yeah. and he used to just swim around splashing water at all the young women and just basically evicting or uh, yeah. eradicating everyone from the it's whole like jaws in the pool it was, wasn't it? it was jaws an older yeah. version an older wrinkly version with less teeth yeah. and uh, and he managed to clear the pool quite yeah. quickly and then he'd go out 
in the same costume at night. Yeah, you yeah, see I know. Him walking down the strip, and you see it all in Ibiza. Uh, I absolutely adore that place, as yeah. I know you do as well. Well, if we weren't going to Brisbane, I think we'd probably we'd go be back. back there. But we'd we need back. to maybe do it next year because yeah. it's not over the chapter of Ibiza. I feel like yeah. I've got a few more to go. <laughs> I feel like I need to rein it in soon because I'm certainly middle-aged if not approaching it very quickly so i'm definitely gonna be one of the oldest out there but it's an addiction and to be fair in ibiza you get all ages out there anyway so well i was gonna say you're only as old as you feel but if that's the case i'm about fucking 72 years old i'm dead like you know the the, the thing is but uh yeah and i think i actually went to ibiza when i was 17 and the other day it was random we were tidying up like clearing up our cupboard where photos are kept and i had some from when i was 17 and i looked at it and i thought Jeez, I have deteriorated yeah. a lot. Oh, and we all, then. mate. Yeah, I just I had hair. I had like a decent body, like you know. Yeah. And um, I, days, I remember when I remember going out there when I was seventeen. I did the same thing, but just twenty years earlier. Really, Larry. You know, I whacked on my um. I had my Ben Sherman. You know, you had those bright colour Ben <laughs> yeah. Sherman. Ben Sherman blue shirt, orange like luminous orange shorts, yeah. and my yellow Reebok classic. Proper nineties right? gear. Nice, a proper a chain hanging out. You know, shaved my chest. You know, proper gelled hair and everything. And I remember we walked past this bar, like thinking, like seventeen-year-old boys, we are here. And I remember these girls from the bar shouting, "Oh my God, look at his shorts! Bloody hell, they're so bright!" <laughs> Oi, go back to bed, kids, like that. And like instantly from going up there to down there, yeah. but, you know, happy days. I went back after, so it didn't hurt me too much. But... Oh, great days, great days. Um, but yeah, we're looking forward to the next couple of months. Of course. It's subject to the coronavirus, which seems to be gathering momentum by <laughs> oh, the day. Ridiculous. I mean, in the West Ham way, if we don't yeah, get out it, to it, it'd be bloody marvellous, yeah. wouldn't it? So, you know, subject to a, a global travel ban being enforced, <laughs> which isn't out of the realms of no, possibility, no, I've got to be honest, no. then we'll be at, at both of those places. And um, yeah, we're very much looking forward to it. If Dave, Dave says to you, then we've got a code red situation, <laughs> get the hell out of there, is my advice. That is worse than the coronavirus. Yeah, oh, yeah, 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 without a doubt. Yeah, yeah without a doubt. No, I totally agree. <laughs> yeah, I was the one that had to clean it up. <laughs> I cleaned up the year before, so I feel very cool now. <laughs> right, okay, don't go anywhere, because next it's News and Views of X. Want a great way to recognize your employees? Check out Custom Inc. Have you ever thought about doing something special for your customers? Custom Inc. can do that too. And wouldn't your team love some custom gear? Custom Inc. is ready. Custom Inc. is your go-to custom gear partner with great customer service, quality products, and all-in pricing along with personalized help when you need it and an easy-to-use website when you don't. Plus, everything is 100% satisfaction guaranteed. Check out what we can do for your business at custominc.com. X gon' give it to you. Fuck trying to get this shit on your own. X gon' deliver to you. X gon' give it to you. He's gonna give it to you. X gon' give it to you. That's actually better than I thought. It was I think it was slightly out of key at one point, but, uh, but it was actually. It was actually well, better. listen. As you know, we've had some budgetary issues. Um, basically, I've done all the dough on the intro for the show, yeah. so we're a bit restricted. <laughs> Are you comfortable enough with that moving forward? Can we do that every week? Are you happy? <laughs> Um, I think DMX was slightly better. I'm not going to lie, but um, given that we have no money, that is probably as good as we're going to get. In fairness, so uh, no, no, like I've got yeah. stung on a copyright for that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. For using lyrics.
lyrics without permission. As it will be off air again. We'll now we'll make another exactly, comeback in six months' exactly, time. Yeah. <laughs> well, I sung Gary Glitter earlier, so I don't know if oh, he's going to be interesting sad. choice. <laughs> well, I did, didn't I? As I said, so um, so yeah. So if we're going to be sued by what was it the Beatles before DMX now and yeah. then Gary Glitter, we're really um. Racking it up, aren't we? Yeah, it doesn't so, come much worse than getting sued by the representatives of Gary Glitter, no, does it? No, it doesn't. No, you're in big trouble. <laughs> yeah. well, that's, happening, really, aren't that's, a bit, that's a bit random, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, exactly. Um, anyway. Okay, mate, what have you got for us this week? Well, to be fair, not a lot. There's not a great deal. It's not the best week to make our comeback on because there's not much news to talk about. Obviously, there's no real transfer news, the injuries we've kind of touched upon anyway. The big breaking exclusive was going to be that we're going to Australia, as in West yeah. Ham are going to Australia, but I held that off to the show today and I've been beaten by everyone to, to that to, to say in that but yeah. um yeah i knew about a week ago that it was going to happen hence us getting the talks underway for like the um australia stuff yep. for us to go out there so but yeah i wanted to break on a show but too late but um injuries as i said wilshire's back in light training oh, um, whether we'll ever see him again or this season is debatable but i hope I don't see him again if i'm honest yeah I'm fed up with him now Yarmolenko is probably going to be available for the game at the weekend if we need him. Whether he'll get on the bench, I don't know, but he is available. Um, Sanchez is also available. Whether he'll get on the bench, is <laughs> hopefully he won't, but he could do if he wanted to. They played a closed door game behind uh, behind closed doors against Tottenham. I'm not actually sure what the score was, but um, they played. And then um, I think a couple of them, Sanchez, I think, certainly played in the Norwich Um game yesterday under 23s which I think they won 4 nil um, off the top of my head so uh, yeah so they've got match fitness back Suchek should be another two weeks um, and then Fredericks may get a couple of games at the end of the season but probably unlikely to be risked as I said earlier Winston Reid talked about that and his percentage of what we're paying there's been links to Felipe Casido which is a, a, a Colombian striker I think that's played in um plays in Italy. Yeah, I know that. Name. We've been linked with him so many times before. Mm. I think it's very lazy journalism. First of all, he's 31. Second of all, we don't know what division we're going to be in. Third of all, the link was Pellegrini. That, that link's clearly mm. not there anymore. Yeah. So I don't think that link's... Um, worth talking about at this point um simon kuttner who is i'm not sure of his exact title but he was head of pr communication relations basically similar to what max was when we knew max yeah he's uh leaving um his job this week um i think he had the hardest job in football basically trying to create positive pr for the chairman um and i don't believe he was probably, impossible task yeah, isn't it? probably ever really given the um the respect he deserved. He's a really, a really, really nice fella. I've met him a couple of times. Really good lad. Nice bloke. Hardest job in football, as I've said. Moving on to different things. Is that enough? I think so. Yeah, same has happened with Max. Max was a lovely fella as well. He now does the same job for Wolves, mm. which is a much easier job than yeah. uh, West Ham. And uh, yeah, I wish him all the best. But it's exactly what I talked about earlier. Unfortunately, they don't want to listen to advice. So no. Nah. So these people are going to go, and it's other other staff are going as well. I think the opera, operations manager is going as well. So there's a number of people that are leaving high-profile positions because they find the current situation too hard to work for. PR is a disaster at West Ham. 
people would wrongly assume that's down to Simon. I think it's he just tried but didn't have much leeway. They did, mm. their, did it themselves. So that's that's basically all I've got at the moment. I obviously will tweet any news that comes. As you've seen, I've been doing the team news. Got that right for yep. the last few weeks. As that's up to about 300 in a row now, right? Yeah, and it's so, incredible. Yeah, so just follow the Twitter page for the news. I'm not going to make stuff up for hits like other sites are doing. It is what it is. That's the current situation. No, good stuff, mate. Brilliant. Okay, uh, the next part of the show is the last part where we answer questions from our collective followers on social media. So don't go anywhere. Finding the right person for the job isn't easy. Just ask someone who hired a drama coach to be an IT guy. Yeah, I'm having trouble logging in. I'm not buying it. Say it again. This time with feeling. I can't log in? Come on, man. I want to feel your struggle. But if you've got an insurance question, you can always count on your local GEICO agent. They can bundle your policies, which could save you hundreds. Now, like your life depends on it. I can't log in. Yes, we'll make an actor out of you yet. For expert help with all your insurance needs, visit geico.com slash local today. Thanks to everyone for taking the time to send us these questions. And for a change, I'm going to read them out, giving X the opportunity to answer first. So the first one is from at smackitzero. Uh... His Twitter name's actually Billy Bonds, Claret and Blue Army. Top fella, and I hope you're well, mate. He says, welcome back, guys. If we stay up, do you think the board will honour Moyes' contract, or are they thinking of replacing him at all at the end of the season? That's a good question, isn't it? I think they will keep him if we stay up. I think they've learned from, well, learned is the right word. They'll be conscious of uh, what happened last time when they got rid of him and got Pellegrini in when he kept us up. As much as I don't think we should, I think if we do stay up, he will be manager. Yeah. Do you think they keep him if we go down? That's another good question. Probably, yeah, probably because mm. they'll see him as the as a good manager to have in the championship. So, yeah, I think we've got him next year. Yeah. Mm. I mean, again, I don't want to be a black cloud after what was a really good result and performance on mm. Saturday. I don't really want him either way, to be no, honest. If I, I had a magic wand, I'd like to bring someone in in yeah, the summer, whether yeah. we stay up or go down. I don't. I, like, I mean, I like how he played on Saturday. Yep. And I like the fact he wants to sign young players and stuff, but I, I just don't have the confidence in him. It's taken, you know, mm. he's won two games since he's been in charge. You know, mm. they're talking like yeah. three months or whatever it is now. So Yeah. Uh, right, this one's from at CHAGW999, uh, also known as Stephen Watkins, another top fella, comes to mm-hmm. our events on a regular. Uh, do you think our recent player improvement, especially in team attitude, is coinciding with Kevin Nolan's return? That's interesting, because I actually do. I think Kevin Nolan, I said it at the time, I think it's a brilliant appointment. Um, yeah. I think he's exactly what they needed, someone that will get the team together, experienced, will get the players working as a team. He can work. I think the fact that Sebastian Allaire is playing better would possibly be down to him because he's worked with Andy Carroll. I know they're not the same type of players, but Kevin Nolan will know from a midfielder what he wants from his forward. And I think he's been working with him in the training and I think that will be really rough. That's why... <coughs> the performance we got on Saturday. I, mean, I think that would be a contributing fact. This one is from at Sam Fontaine 9. Uh, glad to have you back. Love the podcast. Thank you very much. If you could have any two players back from 2010 onwards to play in the remaining games of this season, who would you bring back and who do you think would have the most impact? 
I think, um, just to mention as well, I know I mentioned Nolan before, I think Nevin's been a good appointment as well. Um, mm. He's very highly rated, worked with the England staff um, in the summer as well. So I think him and Nolan have been good appointments. Um, in terms, It's of nice the, just to have some staff. It is, for yeah, true, true. Now, this is interesting because you have to think of maybe what positions do we need or do we just go with the best two players in the last two years? So arguably the best two players in the last years, I guess, that have left, you would say Pae and maybe Scott Parker, I yeah. guess, are the two that spring to mind yeah. as in the best two players. Could throw Denver Barr in there, yeah, possibly. Yeah, he's another one. Liked him. Yeah, a good goal scorer. Yeah, I think Scott Parker. I yeah. think alongside Rice. Well, I know I said how good Suchek is, but Parker was another level. Yeah, um, yeah, he was. So I think, and his heart, and his fight, and his determination, and you know the fact that he won a Player of the Year whilst we got relegated. Yeah. So I think Parker would definitely be one. Um, and then is possibly between Pae and Denver Bar. For the, so yeah. I think Pae you'd have to go for because mm. he's just world-class um, when he was that season with us. So I think you have to go with him and hope if Allaire had Pae alongside him, Allaire would be a lot better player as well because Pae would give him the service and feed off him. It would be nice to have an option like Denver Bar as another goal scorer. Um but I think as it's two, if it was three, it'd be Parker, Barr and uh, mm. Pae. As it's two, Parker and Pae. Yeah, I don't think you can disagree with that, to be honest with you, as a two. Yeah. I don't... I'd even go as far as to say they're, they're probably two obvious answers, really. Yeah. I mean, you know, I know Denver Barr's thrown in there, but he's quite a distant third to those two for me. Yeah, yeah. I can't actually think of anyone else, really, no. that, you know, you could argue... Tompkins, Kiate, but even them, I, th- I kind of understood why they were sold at the mm. time, particularly Kiate. I liked uh, Collison. Collison, yeah, in James Collins. Position. Yeah, Ginge as well. Um, but it's, if it's based on what we need for the rest of the season, then I don't think you can go past Pyatt and Parker. Yeah. I think they'd be perfect, actually. Can you yeah. imagine in their prime having those two yeah. on this side? Yeah, it'd be a very good side. A very different in. season as well, yeah, yeah. let me tell you. Mm. Um, right, okay, this one is from at Andrew Miles 1991. Uh, welcome back, guys. Uh, how many points do you think we're going to get from our last remaining games? If we play the same attitude and effort like last two games, I can see us finishing on 42 points with a couple of surprising results. Keep up the good work. Well, didn't you say we were going to do the league, go through the games and do the yeah, results? Yeah, so, so, so let's, let's do, do that. it on that then. Okay, so we've got Arsenal. We both predicted a draw there. Yes, yeah, so that's so one point. I tell you, well, let's, right? Okay, can we? Are we intelligent enough to keep track when each other scores at the um, same time? I think I am. Okay, yeah, well, <laughs> it's on you then, all right? Because I'm not. Right, then we have got Wolves at home. Um, I'm gonna go another draw. So am I. So that's two. Then this is quite easy so far. Yeah. <laughs> Tottenham away. Well, that's interesting. I think that could go either way, to be honest with you. I think, to be honest, mate, I think all of these could go yeah, either way. Yeah, this is um, just my gut reaction, really. I'm going to go with a win. Yeah. Are you really? Yeah, because you won there last year. I'm gonna say I'd love to say the same. I, I'm going to go for a defeat. I'm okay, sorry. So I'm on five, you're on two. Yeah. Chelsea at home. <laughs> I was going to say a win. Is this, that's what came into my head. Let's be realistic. A draw. That'll balance Tottenham out a bit. I'm going for a defeat. Right, so I'm on six, you're on two. Newcastle away. That's the sort of game I can see us losing randomly. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to say a loss. I think we'll lose that as well, okay, actually. So six, two. See, I've been quite the defeated so yeah. far. Um, Burnley at home. 
a win. I agree. So that's five, nine. Norwich away. A draw. Same. So that's six, ten, I think. Watford at home. Uh, a win. Yeah, I agree. That's 13-9. Man United away. A loss. Yeah, I agree. And then Villa at home. It would depend what the situation is for both clubs. By then, hopefully, we'll have stayed up by then. But I'll, let's just say we need to win it. So I'll go with a draw if both teams, if they need something to happen. So that'll put us on 14 for me. And the pressure's on now. What What about my score? Well, what did you say? I haven't said to you what you oh, think. Oh, well, Villa, yeah. um, win. Oh, okay. So that puts you 12. So me 14, you 12. What's our point total now? Right. So mine, that so, that would take me to 39 points. Mine takes us to 41. Right. Oh, it's fine margins, that. Because yeah. 41 typically would be enough to stay up. 39 mm. typically probably wouldn't. Well, that goes with our predictions. Which goes with it? our predictions, which is why the I don't think we're going to have enough. Crucial thing here is, what do Norwich, Villa, Bournemouth, Watford, Brighton, or even Newcastle do in that time as well? Yeah. That's the crucial thing. Because, you know, looking at the table now, we're on the joint points with Watford and Bournemouth. Um, a point away from Brighton and two away from Villa, you know, and I think Newcastle may get sucked into it. I guess you could even argue Southampton if they've got a tough, tough run. Mm. It's going to be to the wire, mate. I'm yeah, telling you, because yeah. you know everyone seems to have fight. No one's given up, right. and it seems like every time we get a result, people around us are getting results as well. Yeah. So it's it's tough. But I think you made a really good shout earlier on, actually, when you said that it wouldn't surprise you if two teams that aren't currently in the bottom three got sucked into well, it. At the moment, I think that's very possible. Yeah, at the moment, the bottom three are Bournemouth, Villa and Norwich. Now, if you remember the last podcast I did, we did, I said it would be those three. However, I think Brighton could get involved in that. I think Brighton yeah. could go down. You, uh, there's something about a team like Newcastle that everyone always thinks is yeah. steady and they've done it and they're free. And they capitulate. And they capitulate. And they haven't scored a goal for a few games now, so yeah. you never know. What I don't know what their fixtures are like, but yeah. Uh, this one is from at Jamie XCVII. Would you make Declan Rice captain from next season if we stay up and he stays? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I, I would because I think he's hopefully going to be playing a lot more regularly than Noble, and I think now is the time he'll be. Uh, what is he now? Twenty-one, I think. So he'll be like um, twenty-one, twenty-two. Yeah. Um, and um, he'll he'll basically um, be at that age where I think now is the time and Noble will be at that age where he's kind of on his way out. You could almost have uh, Rice as the captain on the pitch and Noble as the sort of yeah. captain off the pitch yeah. type thing. Um, and I think Rice's role in terms of leadership next year will be even more crucial because, as you say, Noble won't be around as much. Zabaleta won't be there. Um you know, so you're talking about a lot of Winston Reid won't be around at the club, probably um, in a sort of playing capacity. So yeah, I think I think Rice's role is going to be even more important <laughs> if we keep him. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and that's that's the multi-million pound question, really. Yeah. And it is, will we keep him? Mm. Um, Declan is a, a world class, in my opinion, and I do mean that. I don't say that lightly. I really do believe he's a top top player, and he's a massive, massive, massive character. Does he scream leader at me? Not necessarily. Yeah. Not my definition of a leader. Having said that, 
I'm not too sure who else I would turn to as an alternative captain, which could be part of the problem, to be honest with you. I agree, and I think we need to buy some. Yeah. I think when you're getting a player in, we need some young fighting players. They don't necessarily have to be experienced to be captain, but they need to have the right mentality, um, and that's the important Mm. thing. Um, It doesn't matter. You know, Rio Coca was a captain at 20. Rice was a captain at young age. Bobby Moore, I don't know when he was first captain, but probably quite young, Mm. because he had the right mentality. You know, it's all about, it's not necessarily about experience, it's about being a leader amongst players you know you can have a player that's not done much in their career that could be a great leader you know, Kevin Nolan yes he had a good career but he was a great captain Lucas Neal was a great captain mm. you know you've got to have players like that that have the right attitude 100% Scotty Parker Julian Dix yeah. Billy Bonds well, there you go. they all fit that category yeah. don't they yeah yeah no spot on at Hammer underscore Brooker what are the chances of the bold sacking Brady or are there any rumours of interest on a takeover at all? Uh, so glad to have you back, fellas. Thanks, Steve. Um, well, I think we've kind of covered the uh, the chances of us getting taken over. The chances of Brady getting sacked, I mean, you know, I think it's an irreparable uh, relationship with, between the board and the fans. So I'm not saying that this would solve all of our problems, but it would be a welcome move from West Ham fans, wouldn't well, it? Sean Wexon, he of Claret and Blue fame, Claret and Hugh fame, sorry, um, was um, a, 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 what should we say, a, an associate, I guess, of Karen Brady. He's made his feelings very clear that he thinks that she should go now um, and that it would actually benefit the chairman if they got rid of her. I think it would maybe save them some face, possibly, if they did, because I think probably out of the three of them, her and Sullivan, I'm assuming, are the most disliked. Certainly, Brady seems mm. to be the one that gets the most stick online. I mean, if she it wouldn't be it wouldn't make the situation better. People would still want Sullivan and Gold out, mm. but it might go a little way of a piece in the situation. I just can't see it happening. I think she'll be there. Well, one thing's for sure: I don't think she'll be getting to uh, too many cards to say sorry you're leaving. No, exactly. From West Ham fans, exactly. that's for sure. Uh, this one's from at Brandon underscore Gorge. Uh, with Fab getting on now and Trot playing very well out on loan, who gets the number one shirt next year, Fab or Trot? Interestingly, he's left Randall for yeah, that. Yeah, um, I think Fab's the number one. I, I yeah, think, well, yeah, keepers have a longer lifespan well, exactly. in football, don't they? I think he's got another at least another year, two years in him, and I think you keep Randolph. I'd keep Martin knocking around for another year. And mm. then you just get Trot out on loan, this time to a championship side. Yeah. Hopefully he has a good season in the championship because he's still very young for a goalkeeper. And then maybe in a year, two years, then he starts a challenge when Fab's on the way out. You see that stat about Trot that he had something like the... I put it on my Twitter, I can't remember it exactly, but one of the percent, highest percentage of shots saved in all of the football leagues. Yeah, um... I remember seeing a tweet in relation to that. I don't think I studied it. But, um, yeah, that is impressive, isn't it? Yeah, he's not played all games either. And he's obviously been a side that's been struggling as well. So he's faced a lot of shots. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Right, okay, this one, I think we might have covered in all seriousness. But it's interesting that someone's put this forward. Kind of touching on what we've said, which might be on the controversial side with Pablo Fornells. I don't know. That's for the listeners to decide. This one's from at Hatter01. What is your take on Fornells? Some of the fan base thought he was great against Southampton based on stats with his two assists, but what else did he do? Still too lightweight for me. Um, so, I mean, we, 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 we spoke about his performance and briefly what our potential concerns would be, but 
do you think he's getting overpraised by West Ham fans at the moment? Because he it does seem to have an incredible amount of support. Just to elaborate on our earlier discussion around Pablo, I love the fact that he's loved. I want all of our players to be loved. And don't get me wrong, he's shown promise and he's impacted certain games. Is his level of support justified? Um, I think he's done well. And he's like you said, he's got goals and got assists. And what do you want from someone? You want them to get goals and get assists. So, yeah, like I said earlier, I think he can still offer a bit more to his game. What I find interesting about certain West Ham players, because I think Sebastian Allaire is another one that and that fans, and maybe Lanzini was until recently, fans have certain players that they just love. And, mm. they, and, it, and a lot of it is if they're that kind of the, the big name sign or that foreign flair. There seems to be more now, of more acceptance of foreign players taking a while to not play well than English players. I believe mm. if we'd paid 45 million for an English striker, yeah, um, and he had, in my opinion, contributed as little as Alaire had for a large period of time, whether that's be because he hasn't got the right service or whatever the reason is, yeah. I think he would have got a lot more stick than he has. Look at how much stick Nolan got once upon a time, how much stick Noble gets. Cresswell has had it. Um, Andy Carroll has mm. had it. Um, Mikel Antonio at times before this season has had it. Um Speaking of which, Nathan Holland won't be sold. I forgot to sell that. It's say that in my section. Good, but uh, good. I want to see another year of him. Um, I think players, I think fans now are much more accepting of a foreign star. You know, I don't think people would have excused an English forward as much as they've excused a lair. I don't think they would with with an, if it was a midfielder doing what Fernals has done. They would say how amazing it was. I think Fernals is a very good player, and I think he, like I said earlier, he'll kick on and be an even better player. I kind of agree with what the guy said. He did get two assists. I thought he did really well for both of them. But did he do much else other than that? A fair bit. It's a bit harsh to say he didn't, but I wouldn't say he was exceptional. And mm. I wouldn't, and I think Alaire had his best game for us in a long while. And yes, you could say it's because he finally got the service. But there have been other games where we've played two up front midfielders around him, and I think he could have offered more. But people are like, yeah, they throw out the stat. He's won the most aerial battles. But if you look on the flip side of it, he's lost the most aerial battles. Where do these headers go? You know, you can win a head up if it goes to the opposition. What's the point? Why is he winning aerial battles outside the box and not necessarily scoring goals? You can ask so many questions about stats. Um, and I do think certain certain players just become fans' favourites and certain players just don't. And some fans will stick with that out of loyalty and not wanting to be proved wrong. The amount of people that after Alaire played well, and he did play well... I would have said, someone said that Bowen was man of the match. I would have said Alaire was man of the match. Close between him and Bowen. Yeah. I would have said Alaire. And you know how much I've criticised him before. Mm. I would have said he was. But I I think, you know, um, the the amount of tweets I saw, see, Alaire is amazing. We told you, give him service. Yeah. He's a 45 It's amazing player. what a difference he's a amazing. game can make. Yeah, it? he's the best forward we got. We told you, we were right, blah, blah, blah. He's had one good game. Mm. You know, let, if he does it for the next five or six, then yeah, maybe. But I mean, yeah, I know what you're saying. But then again, we played to his strengths on Saturday. We gave him a striking partner. He was sitting within a system that worked. And it's like with any player, you have to you have to work with that player. You can't just throw him anywhere. I mean, you look at the isolation that he's had this yeah, season up on his own. Yeah, I, still I, I, do, he, I do agree with you that he... He, he can still work hard. I know, I know, but 
Love him or hate him for it, he is that type of player. We've had this discussion before. Dimitar Berbatov, you know, outwardly was one of the most laziest players on the ball that you'll ever see in the game. But because he played for big clubs and he scored and he delivered, it's not a problem. But when you're in a team that is struggling and not delivering and you're not changing that persona because it's just who you are, that's just what you get with Sebastian Hilaire, um, which is why you have to play with strengths. By the way, we didn't mention, I know it's a small detail, that Rabona. You can't oh, go yeah. through the entire podcast and not mention that. No. If that had been Lionel Messi, they'd be talking oh, about yeah. that in 20 and years' again, time. And again, that's the difference, though, because, first of all, you could look at that either way. Like you say, if Messi had done that, yeah. it'd be all over Twitter, or Ronaldo, whatever. It'd be all over Twitter. You'd have seen it everywhere, but because he's a West Ham player, you don't. So that means that players are unfairly praise because he didn't get the praise he should have got yeah on the flip side does one rabona necessarily make your performance world class and lots of people were tweeting west ham fans how can you say alaire is not world class when he can do things like that yeah i mean that's that's a bit you know they were they that's were a bit doing silly, it. Well, that's what they were doing it. i yeah. saw it you can't be called world class because of a piece of skill exactly i could do rabona yeah once in the 110 antonio should have put that away by I the way do, if know. only he would have scored that he needs more composure as a forward yeah, yeah. he's not a natural finisher though that's the problem forward. he's got a lot of attributes that support his yeah. selection for he being up front composure is um, the key see i think seb probably would have scored that yeah possibly who knows um but that's really interesting about the um Overseas versus English. I think it, it honestly, I, a re- I think it's a really interesting I think if discussion. If you used to go point. into the 90s or earlier, foreign players got it harder, right? Yeah. So, like Fl- Vladimir Labant, Florin Redachoyu. Florin yeah. Redachoyu was a, 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 a record signing, I think, at the time, or certainly a, a highly paid one. People wrote him off really quickly. Ili Dumitrescu, he's kind of the equivalent of like Anderson, maybe, at the time, w- was written off very, very quickly. Paolo Futre, yes deservedly because he didn't commit properly written off very quickly lots of these foreign players over the years in the 90s got written off quicker than an English player English players like Ian Dowie you know I know he's Northern Irish but British players he didn't score for months and months and months Mm. but people kind of forgave him because he fought for the club and stuff Mm. like that you know but now I think it's switched and I think like foreign players, skillful, like, oh, we've got an Argentinian, we've got a Brazilian, we've got Alaire who scored these goals in Germany, you know, get forgiven more than your Kevin Nolans, your Mark Nobles, your Andy Carrolls, because they haven't got the the name. It's like Sam Allardyce said, if he'd been called Sam Allardyce, mm. people would be raving about him, but because he's your English, maybe old-fashioned manager people didn't and i'm not sure i necessarily agree with that in terms of allardyce but i do think it's a factor of english players look at all the english players we've had recently every single one of them has been written off at some point apart from declan rice i guess but he's a, a youngster but everyone yeah. has i'm not i'm not sure if i agree with you or not to be honest with you i, I can't really make up my mind i kind of see sense in what you're saying but part of me just thinks ultimately are they just being judged on what they give back to West Ham. I mean, it does go back to the initial question of is Fournell's overpraised and that's what's led on to this discussion. But I don't know if you look at it case by case. I don't know, really. I mean, you know, people think the world of Declan Rice... Yeah, he's, he's, he's English. come through the academy. People think the world of Mark Noble, but they're English. But when Declan Rice first came but, but, through... But Mark Noble, I think, has underperformed. Yeah. But yeah, he, he can do no wrong in people's eyes. No, he can. He's very criticised well, on Twitter now. 
Oh, well, not just Twitter. Either. Yeah, I, actually, yeah, no, fair enough. I think certainly more recent times yeah. there are, but but he also, rightfully so, has a, a massive following with people who I believe probably more often than not think with their hearts over their heads well, when yeah, it comes look to look those. Look at Stuart Downing, right? Okay, random one. It just came into my head here, but he got back into the England team when he was at West Ham and for a period of time at West Ham was playing really, really, really well. Yeah. Like at the start of the season a couple of years ago was really, really good. And he didn't really get much praise, did he? Um, And then, uh, yeah, uh, he was... He was doing well for us. Yeah. I, I don't know. Maybe I mean, I'm you've got wrong. Aaron Cresswell. who's hammered a year. And players, people slaughter him now. Yeah, but yeah, but then but he's, he's deserved about, it. In yeah, my but I'm opinion. talking about he's, he's tolerance levels, right? Like, so yes, he's deserved it. But people would have given him criticism quicker than he if he was Arini Cresrolio, <laughs> like, you know, uh, who'd been signed from Brazil was a Brazilian yeah. signed from. I know Real Madrid or whatever. Like I don't yeah. know. Maybe I'm wrong. It's, I don't know. I could be talking absolute rubbish. Some people think I do, but it's an interesting discussion either way. It is an interesting discussion. I I think it is a case of fans just attach themselves to, you know, the players that give a hundred and ten percent for West Ham. If you're a striker, strikers that score goals, defenders that defend, keepers that keep goal, um, and I just think you look across it. And you analyse absolutely everyone. There might be a few question marks in there. I don't know. I just think that players get from the fans what they give, in my opinion. That said, it is an interesting debate. And I can't really argue with the examples that you've given. So, listen, like every single podcast, let us know what you think listening to this show. And uh, as always, we'd be keen to get your opinions. Okay, that is the end of the show. Uh, It's really good to be back. And on behalf of both of us, thank you all so much for your support during some difficult times with this podcast recently. I think any platform like ours is only as good as the people that follow it. And it's a pleasure speaking to you again. Let's hope we can start to get ourselves out of shit now with a result at Arsenal on Saturday. Take care, be lucky, and until next week, come on you irons. Geico presents Daily Affirmations. Repeat after me. Our thoughts are like the ocean. Our thoughts are like the ocean. Our thoughts create our reality. Our thoughts create our reality. We're thinking Geico offers claim service 24-7 with personalised attention from an assigned team. Geico offers claim service? Um, I I wasn't thinking that. We think it and it becomes our reality. So, uh, what about washboard abs? Let's give it a go. Think really hard. Okay, abs, abs, abs. Yep, keep thinking. To manifest more Geico in your life, go to geico.com. Switching and saving with GEICO is easy, so you're free to ponder life's big questions. Like, why do people say it goes without saying, and then say it anyway? I mean, if it really goes without saying, you should instead not say it and just give a knowing look? Well, folks, it goes without saying. Uh, what does? The thing that I'm not going to say. Okay. Switch and save with GEICO. It's easier than you think. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. 
Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.